Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, here we are, season 2020 box set. It has arrived. We're back, big boy. We are back, and we're recording late night because shit's changed. <laughs> yeah. Life. Life just keeps changing Life year to changed. year, doesn't it? You're yes. now a father to a son. You've got two now. Finally got a boy. When we started this podcast, we were both a fair bit younger. Uh, I'm I don't now... even think I was engaged when we started this podcast. No, and I was only early 20s. Now I'm turning 30 years old. You're a father of two, so things have Engaged, changed. married. Yep, and I'm, I'm none of those things. I'm, I'm in a committed relationship. Daughter, but... <laughs> son. We've got one for the good guys. Well, it's been a hectic off-season to say the least with work and families and all bits and pieces. The bushfires and... It's been mayhem. A lot of people... Hope everyone's safe out there. And yeah, 100%. I've had... Uh, I wasn't impacted too much. A lot of people that I inboxed late and apologised to for messages and bits and pieces, like I said. Uh, life happens between coaching, work. I've been away working in the bushfires and doing some bits and pieces. You've had a second baby, so you got your hands full. Like I said, life's definitely changed within the seasons we've done. Full-time with SG Ball as well, so... Where are we at now? 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. This is our eighth year doing the podcast. 80. Yeah. So anyone... I'll tell you what, there's plenty of podcasts popping up. Yeah, there is. There's, there's a lot, lot of podcasts popping up. There's a lot getting up, on so board. People are jumping, uh, jumping on board. All I can say before we get this one kicked off uh, is welcome to anybody who's new to the fifth and last NRL podcast. Hopefully plenty of people have come back for our eighth season, as we always say. Make sure you share us, tell your friends about us. We're just two blokes who play the game, love the game, coach and love to stay involved. Um, you know, nothing's personal. We still... Occasionally get a message when you say something about your prediction or a bit or piece for a team and someone smacks out. It. As Brock would say, what are you? You're not the Oracle. I didn't write the book of Rugby League. You say, I'm not the fucking Oracle. I'm not the Oracle. Of Rugby League. And a lot I just of people, have an opinion. Yeah, like anybody. And yeah. opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. We're going to give our absolute best as we do every year and try and predict the top eight, but we're not perfect. We never have been perfect. Overs, unders, some bets for the year, premiers, minors, all those kind of good bits and pieces. But I'm just going to... This is what I like to call the Fool's Gold podcast. It is. I will say this, though. I have never struggled more, and I've probably said this a few times here, but I really struggled today between teams probably from 5th down to 11th. I reckon there's 6 or 7 teams there. I had to squeeze a couple into the bottom end of the 8th. I didn't struggle. I'll probably be completely wrong at the end of the year, but I chopped and changed in my head a million different ways with some of these teams. So I didn't. I just bang. This is where I think they're going to finish. And that's it. All 16 teams, as I said, as we usually do it in alphabetical order, Brock, which kicks us off with the Brisbane Broncos. They were 8th last year in attack. They were 11th. Defensively, they were 11th as well. 11 wins, a draw, and uh, 12 losses. They snuck in off that draw basically in the end. That got them across the line in 8th spot last year. Uh, quite a rare year. New coach changed things over. New culture. You saw... They cut ties with a lot of players. Seabold tried to establish his own culture and get a few blokes out. They blooded a shitload of youth. They had some good results. They had some bad results. They were never settled on their spine. Um, and he's still stuck with a few contracts, I'm sure, that he doesn't really want. But in looking at 
you know, the season ahead. Uh, hopefully. Well, forget last year. All right. I know, we're just having a quick glimpse into that before we move into this year. Gains for them for this year, there's no huge changes. Uh, Brody Croft, so they've brought in someone there that they think can be their halfback. Jordan Carr, who comes back in the condition that was in his contract. Jesse Arthurs comes over from the Titans. He was a former Melbourne player under Seabold in the 20s, and they've upgraded a couple within their own squad. Out. The only real big out is Matt Gillette. Uh, as far as the other ones, Shibasaki, Fire, Mago, etc. A lot of those guys were part-timers, didn't really play for them. Shibasaki, I think. They they look sorted in the outside backs. But I think yeah. he's going to be good for Newcastle. Development players, they've got a couple of really good kids, as they always do. What do you expect? Ethan Bullimore, a young prop. Um, Queensland under 20, he's already played some cup. Tessie New, who's the big raging name that's going to be the future fullback. They're really trying to do their best to lock him up. Pride Peterson Rabati's a throwback who was set to be a gun years ago for the Storm, but completely fell off the map, and suddenly he's got a development deal. Corey Pakes, another one of these kids they're talking about playing in Seabold's words, possibly as a Damian Cook-style player. And the one I'm most excited about and saw him play last year, Jordan Rieke, who was the New Zealand 18s captain. He played in the Maori All-Stars the other night. There's change within six or seven months. He's an absolute man now. He plays back row, lock, prop. I think they're going to need him after losing Lodge, but the kid's a gun, but Looking at them, um, what are your thoughts for this season? Well, I think they've got the best two forwards in the game, Fafita and Haas, so that's going to help. The two big issues last year was fullback and in the Haas. They've got Croft and they've punted Boyd. Uh, they're saying that Jack Bird's going to play fullback, but we'll see who's named there. They finished eighth last year. I think Seabold, uh, I rate as a good coach, so I, I can only see them at worst, been as good as last year. So I've got them in my eight. All right. Well, I'm looking at it, and I've still got some questions. I've tossed in turn with this one. I think outside backs, like you said, pretty much sorted. I do like the forward pack, although now I think they may be a tiny bit uh, light on. I'm still not completely sold on the spine, and I'm just a bit confused. I obviously know that Turpin's probably going to be the nine. Does he carry McCulloch, or does he play Pakes like he's saying? Because, again, that's just dead money to me there when you look at McCulloch on a huge contract that they can't seem to move. Boyd, they're talking about playing him in the centres. To me, I just wouldn't have him in the 17 altogether. But again, it's one of those ones they're stuck with. And after everyone thought Azarko was going to be the next fullback and he seemed to be heading that way, now the word is Bird, he's going to be the fullback. And Brody Croft, again, I know anyone that listened last year knew I wasn't really happy with the way he played as a Melbourne fan. I don't think that's the answer. I really like Dearden. I'm not saying Dearden should carry the burden or, you know, take that load straight away, but I didn't mind what I saw from him right there. I think Croft can help Milford out, but I'm still not 100% sold on Brody Croft. So I've just got a lot of questions on a few of those guys, the fullback, the spine, how this is all going to pan out. I'm completely with you. Payne Haas is already, if not the best prop or close to in the game for feeder. Flagler, Pungai Jr. Losing Lodge is a big blow, though. Um, yeah, but they've got yeah. Offengawi, they've got Flagler, Carrigan. Offengawi is missing two games, I think, after the drink-driving incident. So he'll miss the first few. Depth after that. You know, do they get Riki, they get a couple of these guys in, I'm not sure. I hope for Seabold that things do go better. I really do, because I think he's dealt with a hell of a situation. He's still stuck with a few contracts, and hopefully they let him see things through. But well, they, they will. We Rep- talk about Seabold going. Rep effect this year, as far as blokes that possibly miss some games, it might hurt them. Oates can possibly play for Queensland. You've got Flegler, who might be in the running for a bench spot. Carrigan for feeder again. Offhand Gowie was in the mix there. On the New South Wales side of things, you had Pengai, Haas, uh, Staggs was talked about as well. So they could possibly have a heavy representation, which I think would hurt them as well, as far as a few wins is concerned. But uh, in the end, 
I'm borderline with this one, but what have you got him finishing the Broncos? Eighth. I've got him exactly the same. Get him eighth. Mm. Well, it pains me, but I'm I'm going to make a, a late flip here. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to put him in at eight. No, nah. nah, actually, you're no, already changing on the run. I'll, I'll stick. I'll already stick with it. I had some stuff down. This one's eating away at me because every time I talk about those few names you're talking about, and I feel bad for Seabold because I don't want to see him have a bad year, but I just have too many questions over a few of those players, their motivation, contracts, and how they're going to go with the spine. I'll have the Broncos finish in 10th. The one uh, issue for Brisbane is they start Cowboys at the new stadium and then they go to see us second round, the big Seabold, Bennett. They've got Storm So if they could, they early, could bounce, um, bounce into those two and, you know, jag one or two of them, I think they'll, um, they'll get off on the front foot. But if they were to lose those two, confidence could be dinted and... Uh, I think a lot of teams, it's it's about how they start. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I do like a lot of these players, but the the bird fullback Azarko, what's going to happen there? Croft, do they stick with him? Does it work out? Boyd in the centres, McCulloch being carried, Lodge being out already. Offhand game missing those first few games. I, I just got a little bit of worry, and I just think a lot of those guys individually will get picked for rep games. So. Talent-wise, I think they're definitely a top eight side, but I just don't have enough confidence in some of those older heads and a few of the younger blokes that they'll keep winning games during that period. And if they lose a few early, like you're saying, I think they may just miss out. So this is one of the ones, like I said, that I was really uncomfortable with. I've got them at 10th, but I definitely think they're a top eight worthy side and it doesn't surprise me if they get in. But uh, as far as their figures going forward with the betting, Brock, Premiership $19, minor Premiership $17, top four $4, top eight. Like you've got them a dollar ninety to miss the eight a dollar eighty five, the spoon thirty four dollars. The over under is eleven and a half Brock. So I'm assuming you're going over. Yeah, I'll go over. I'm going to say under because that's basically eleven was the bottom last year. I think that was ninth, tenth. So yeah. I'd, I'd have them right on eleven. But for Seabold's sake, and if everything goes well, I could definitely see this side being borderline top four or definitely in the eight. But lots of good kids, lots of things to be excited about. I just really, really hope a few of those older guys step up this year and don't let Seabold down because uh, there are a few landmines that are still being left behind by Wayne Bennett that I'm just not too comfortable with, unfortunately, for mm. Seabold. The Raiders, Brock, last year finished fourth, ended up in the grand final, very, very close to getting over the line in that game with the Roosters, ever so resilient. They were fourth in attack, third defensively, fifth in a nine on the season. Uh, they had two of the best buys in John Bateman, who turned out to be a ripper. Chance Nickel Clogg stayed to play at fullback for him, got the Dalian fullback of the year. Josh Papali reached his potential. Jack Whiten came out of his skin. They found some depth. And finally, the one thing that always hampered them is they just had no defensive resilience. They were one of those sides that they could outscore you on the best of days, but any time you put a little bit of pressure or you went back-to-back with them, they just folded. And last year, they finally turned that around. The big question is, can they do it back-to-back seasons? Because there's been no proof in the past decade or so beyond that the Raiders have been consistent back-to-back. Uh, Ricky Stewart gets back. A pretty similar side as far as gains. Uh, George Williams, the big signing, he comes over from England. They've got Curtis Scott from Melbourne. Is We don't know really what's going to happen then. And from their own squad, they've upgraded Tommy Starling from last year and Harley Smith-Shields, who was the player of the year for them in their jersey flag side. They've been upgraded. But they've lost their whole right edge. So Leilua, Rapana move on, and Caesar. Uh, the other players there, Abby Hunt, Hingano, Porter, guys that didn't really... <laughs> Play for them. This is another one I'm 50-50 on. Leilua and Rapana the year prior, or the two years prior, was probably the most damaging right edge on their day, but it was also rocks and diamonds. But last year, I think Joey caused more trouble than good. Um, he ended up getting iced. Rapana started the year one of the most sought-after wingers, didn't have a great year, was injury-prone and asked for too much money and 
season was in and out of the side. He obviously featured in the grand final, but probably didn't play his best football. But George Williams, I don't think, is the sort of replacement they're after. I think he's a good football player, but I think he's a, another ball runner. So I kind of look at Canberra and think, same problem I had with them last year, which is why I didn't really like him to win the grand final. I don't know where the points are coming from. I think Hodgson's relied on for all the creativity. Chance only had one or two try assists. He definitely needs to find a pass. Williams or Whiten is definitely going to have to turn into a better ball player and be more constructive because most of their points last year come from second phase kicks and broken play. There wasn't much stuff off set plays and those bits and pieces, and that's kind of what worries me, to be honest. Yeah, look, I, I really liked the mix that they had last year. Um, and then now losing that right edge is of some some concern to me. I'm pretty well across George Williams um, because I watch a shitload of Super League. So I've just got question marks, not, not as to whether he's tough enough, he's going to run the ball. Um, he'll hang around in the NRL. I, I don't know whether he can generate enough points in the NRL. I don't know whether his kicking game is good enough for the NRL. I, I really, really don't know. He's an absolute unknown to me. If he came over and bombed, it wouldn't surprise me. Do you think... It would really, really surprise me if he came over here and was a high-end player. Well, I have one thing that I can say. Is he a better defender than Aiden Caesar? Because Aiden Caesar wasn't exactly a great defender. Yeah. Kicking game, I think they lose in Caesar, but I still don't think Caesar added a lot as far as attack was concerned. He wasn't mm. highly and contributing got the there. Curtis Scott situation as well, which isn't ideal. They've got Bateman, who's out. So they've got some issues. Yeah, I think early on they've got a bit of depth to cover for that. So they're going to put Corey Horsberg there. I think that's a good option if they don't like that. Topines play back row. You could put Horsberg back there. Obviously, Hudson Young still suspended for now, but if he gets back early enough after his suspension, he's a possibility in the back row. They've still got Jack Murchie, who was one of those junior rep guys who's been developing. So I think they've got a bit of depth. The back line one, like you, I'm not sold on what's happening with Scott, but I think the beauty for them is they've got some depth because of that Jersey flag side that made the grand final. So they've got the option to either move Kotrick there. I think Simonson can play anywhere in the back line. Uh, they've got two of the better kids coming out of the 20s in Harley Smith Shields, who plays fullback center wing, and then Tomoko, who you saw in the nines, who's a very good center winger. So I actually think in the situation for what they've lost, they've got some good cover. Um, I just more look at it and say... To me, if they keep that defensive attitude and do the same kind of things they did last year in that regard, I think they're a top four side, but I still look and say, who's the dominant creative figure? I think all the pressure, like last year, is on Hodgson. I think Williams and White will run. Charns will run, but unless someone miraculously develops you know, a couple of layers to their passing game or becomes more creative, I still think a lot of it's going to have to come off offloads, creative forwards, and Josh Hodgson. Mm. Agree. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. A lot of people... Usually after a grand final, I think you'll bounce back and get to the grand final. I like them still as a top four side. I think they've got some good depth, like I said, and some of those kids there. Uh, you know, Semi Williams is a good backup option there if they need to, if they're affected by origin. Say if Papali or a couple of those guys or Kotrick get a run again. I've just mentioned some of that outside back depth. The forward situation, Hudson Young, like I said, is a good player. He'll be back at some point there. Bateman will be back. A couple of the Pommies always help when you don't have those guys going out of your side. They used Harvey well as like a middle and hooker alternative. I think Ryan Sutton, Gula will all be better for another year. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I, th- I think for me, they're going to be a top four side again. I just still have questions because we see your Roosters, we see our Melbournes, we see these teams that are consistent year in and year out. I want to see the Raiders push forward from here and build on what they built from last year and this bit of depth they've got built up and start being a consistent side, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So with that, 
Uh, I've got the Raiders finishing third. I've got them finishing six. Yep. So you still got them the eight, but you think I was dropped a few pegs back with a couple bit, of yeah. things. I've got, got a, a couple of others. Well, like you said, we'll have to wait and see how things pan out with Williams and if any of those other guys develop and that whole new right edge, what happens with Scott. But, yeah, I think the flag situation being in the grand final worked out well and having a couple of guys kind of blossom last year that were fairly cheap. So they've been able to keep a good squad. They've kept the majority of their grand final side. If Papali kicks on again... Whitehead, Horsberg, Depine, all these guys keep improving along with Gula, Sutton, etc. And a few of these kids push through. Uh, I think they've got a pretty good situation. Williams is a good backup option. Tommy Starling, we know from his time at Newcastle, along with Harvili. So they've got a bit of cover for their key positions, which is always a good thing to have. Uh, they've got a development kid, Jarrett Sablu from their 20s. He's another half. Tomoko Smith-Shields, as you spoke about. Uh, I, think, I think they're not in a bad position. I just don't know if they've got enough to win the comp. But I think they've got a top four side. The odds for the Canberra Raiders, $7 to win a premiership, $7 for the minor premiership, top four, two fifty. So that would be one if you were on with me with a third there. Top eight, $1.22. So the bookies have almost got them booked in guaranteed there. To miss their $4, the spoon, 201 The over-under Brock for the Raiders, 13.5. So if you've got them oh, six, you're that's... probably right on the mark there. Mm. Thirteen and a half. Yeah. Oh man. I'm going over because I think fourteen is two wins into the eight. So I've got them top four. That'd be fifteen. Yeah, I'll go 16. over. I'll say they'll get fourteen. So bang on the mark there. But yeah, there's a, there's a few things like I What's said. What's that? Fourteen and ten. Yeah. Fourteen and ten. I think last year. What did I say they were? They were fifteen and nine last year, and they had a bit of a period there. I think at the start where it was a bit rough, and they caught fire. Hopefully, they have a better start the season this year, but that yet to be seen. Let's see if Ricky Stewart can control this group forward and then keep a lid on things because the last time they had this golden run, obviously we saw, was it 2016 there? Yeah. It just fell apart a year later. I'd like to think this group's a bit more mature. They've got some good depth and some older heads and they're more experienced now, but we're going to have to wait and see. Jack White as well, another year, hopefully, stepping up and taking a bit more of that responsibility and Charles Nicol Clogstad, like we talked about, off Josh Hodgson. So they've got a bit more balance in their side. And there you go. Canberra Raiders done there. The Bulldogs, Brock, last year they finished 12th. Attack, worst in the comp. Defensively, though, very good. Ninth, considering the troops they had. They were 10 and 14. It was a rough year all around. Uh, bad losses early on. Plenty of kids at the play. The salary cap, as we know, was a pinch. Offloaded a couple more players. Brought a couple in at the back end of the year. Blooded a few more. They finished off with some good wins. They were just gritty. They cycled. They defended well. They were hard. I think this is a big year for them, just purely on development. I definitely don't have them playing finals football, but I think with the cap space they've now freed up with a few of these good kids they've pushed through and a couple of older heads there guiding them around. The biggest thing I'm looking for, and we've already seen one of them, is, is signings for 2021 plus the development. They've got Thompson coming over from St. Helens, who looks like a quality player, so that's a good addition moving forward. But coming into this season, they've got Joe Stimson on board, Dean Britt, who I think are just good young players that'll help the squad. Sione Katawa is there for depth. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Sione, I think. They're lacking a nine, but he'll probably get some games. They've upgraded Jake Avarillo, who's come through their system very, very quickly. Center 5'8 fullback, and Isaiah Tass, who's a center winger. Losses, uh, Michael Leisha, Danny Fulalo, John Olive, New Brown, Kalachi, Connie Lamilu. There's no really big losses there. Like I said, they've cleaned the decks and they had a lot of guys go out. And as far as development players, anyone that really stands out, they've got a couple of good young kids there. Probably the most likely uh, would be... Sione Katoa's younger brother, he's in the development set up there. He already played New South Wales Cup and some under-20s there. And James Romanos was a the guy they signed 
from the Sharks got him over. It's his second year as a development player. I don't know if any of them are really, really ready to go, but development for me is the key this year for the Bulldogs. You're going to have Dallin fullback, Remus Hopawati. You know they've got good yardage. Meany did a good job there. I think Morgan Harper will get the centre job. Back five, I think, is going to be solid. They'll be good defensively. They'll be gritty as a forward pack, but your question, again, comes back to the spine. A lot of people like Lachlan Lewis. I think he's a steady player, but I'm not a huge fan. Is Cogger awake and the halfback? I don't know. Dallin, again, not one of these guys who has a pass, whether it's Jeremy Marshall, King, Oceani, Katara at nine. I just think they're going to be nuisance value like they were last year. They're a team you're going to have to turn up and play for 80 minutes. Otherwise, they're going to defend. They're going to grit. They're going to push. Rolf in the middle and just chip away and frustrate you. Um, but I just can't see them playing finals. Me either. Not enough's changed. They're tough. I think they're extremely well coached. But they just don't have the cattle. Simple as that. That's the other big question, though. Do you and think Payne will get to see through his work if they I do have a bad I think he did a tremendous year? job last year. I, I, think he's, I, too. I think he's really passionate. Uh, I don't see any glaring holes there in terms of coaching. Hmm. And it's very easy to blame the coach when you don't have the cattle. Like, and then they've got foreign out, probably yeah, the highest paid straight players away. on the sideline. Chris for the, Smith, who's yeah. handy, is already out. Fatala Mariner is going to miss three or four weeks. Marshall King's not ready young. to go either. Well, they've got a lot, a lot of young guys, so... Yeah. Uh, I think, they'll, like you said, they'll be nuisance value, but I, I can't see them making the eight. No, I could see them climbing the ladder slightly. Um, I think they'll be around. Where did they finish last year? Last year they were 12th, they were 10 and 14. I reckon right. they'll be a similar right. sort of mark, but... Right, well, I've got, them, I've got them finished 13th, so the, I've got them sliding. The big thing I'm looking at here, I like the back five of Dallin, Remus, Hopper, Harper, Meany. Well, didn't they score the least amount of points last year? And yeah. I know we shouldn't be that's, looking at last that's year because the spine. you know the, the first spine thing, hasn't changed that. The first thing that the Bulldogs coaching staff would have looked would have worked at would out, have yes. been, yeah, we're going to carry on with our defensive, um, you know, the, the stuff that they were implementing defensively in the back end of the year. But they would have said we need to score more points, hundred percent. So right. they, they would have spent a whole preseason working on that. So you'd like to think you'll see. An I'm still looking and going. Where's the point still, of difference? Exactly. So there is yeah. no point of difference. Harawir and Ira's got an offload. Other than that, the forward pack's pretty stock standard. They're all tradesmen working like players. Tolman's a worker. Napa can put a shot on, but his carry's pretty basic. Jackson's a pretty basic player. Elliot is a grinder. Stimson brings a pass, but I don't think he's going to get a start. Brittle part of, be part of the rotation. Ogden, these guys, they're all big boys. Uh, you know, they've got some backline players again that are younger. Avarillo, Ockenbo will probably get a couple more games. Crichton's there. But yeah, I just there's not a huge point of difference. The big one is, like I've already said, I think moving forward. I really like the back five. A couple of those forwards will be there. Is in your Jacksons, your Harbour and Irish, probably Elliot, Napa. They've already got Thompson coming. They need to get on the market, I think, and get another gun middle. They need to get a strike half if Foran's done after this year or they can get out of that deal because I don't think he's going to be the same. They need to get a nine. Yeah. They need key positions and all the cap space and all the punishment and things that they've done the last few years and gone for the suffering. This year's their big year on the market. They need to go out and get a couple of key position players and another good forward. Backline, you could probably buy someone else if you're not big on Harper or Manny, but I think for now the back five looks pretty good and they've got a couple of kids of their own. But everything this year for me is development of the youth, those older heads, just like I said, nuisance value, and then what they do in the market. Mm. But for me, unfortunately, I'm going to say forward ain't only because, again, if you get any injuries and you don't have a lot of depth and you're not generating points, yeah, I just don't think they're a real big threat. I think, though, like I said, if anyone turns up and thinks they're going to get an easy win, they're not. No, absolutely not. Because the way Pays cultured things, uh, I think they're just going to be a pain in the ass for a lot of sides and they're going to make it very ugly. Yeah, tough, hard-working. So what have you got in finishing? 13th. 
over under for the Bulldogs is nine and a half. I said under. I think they could win 10 or 11 or be right on the border. But again, starting off the way they have already losing four and a couple yeah, of guys I'll, not playing. I'll go under. I reckon nine is probably bang on the mark. To win the Premiership, $34. Minor Premiership, $34. Top four, $9. Top eight, $3.50. To miss $1.28. Spoon, $4.50. I can't see that happening, but yeah. Hopefully a good year for a lot of those young well, kids. The only, the only way the spoon would happen, I'd imagine, is injuries. injuries yeah. I think they're too tough and they've got enough. And usually the team that does finish last is either extremely poor yeah, or, or terribly hit. Injuries. Yeah. Terribly hit. The Sharks, seventh last year. In attack, they were six. Defensive, they were six. They were 12 and 12. Every time under adversity, they're the team that just pulls through. Last year, they did it again. They had coaching change last minute. John Morris takes over. They had a heap of injuries. They blooded a heap of kids. And it seems, if anything, they got worse at the back end when their veterans came back in. And then they had a terrible loss to exit the finals after winning last round against the Tigers to get themselves in the finals. But so many positives. And the kids that they blooded, along with Morris, when he had in that system, you had Ronaldo, Mulitalo, you had Bronson Sherry, who came into the mix Jack Williams, who'd been waiting a few years. Britton Nakora come in. Braden Hamanueli. Billy Magulius. Will Kennedy. So many good players came in. Sianni Katoa. And I look at this squad again, and with what they've lost, I think Catewell and Jaden Braley, obviously, big losses. Gowan's a big loss just from a leadership point of view. Flanagan, I said last year to me, his own old man probably stuffed him up by signing Johnson, in my opinion, and cost him their future half because I thought when him and Townsend played together, they looked better. Mm. They won six or seven games, and they complemented each other. I think Johnson hinders the players around them. So on that sense, for who they've lost, I think they've lost some very key players and some some good depth. But at the same time, they blooded so many good young kids, it's kind of a result of that. So I think they've got a good squad. The two games, Jesse Raymond coming back, he's a hell of a player when he plays well. Connor Tracy is one of their former juniors, played well at South, so that gives him a half-hooker option. But um, development players, again, just products of their system. Vasquez, Ball, Mats, Jack A. Williams, another half. Jackson Ferris scored that try in the cup grand final that we watched in the last minute there, centre winger. They've got some good kids coming through. But I'm looking at this squad, and the biggest thing for me, again, I just said that they overcome all adversity. They don't have a home base this year, so they're out of their home ground. I think they lose a bit of that, even if they're going to be playing at Cogger and that's close by. It's not the same as Shark Park. You've got issues already. Is that right? I didn't even know. They're not there, no. They've got Moylan, who's not ready to go, and they're saying he might be ready early rounds. He's been that injury-prone. If he's missing, that's a big player gone. You've got Dugan and the issues there. They say he's, he's not injured. He says he's injured. They're trying to retire him. They're not retiring him. Josh Morris is basically asking him to leave. Bronson Cherry's came out and put to bed any rumours that he won't sign a deal or he's not happy. But all you're hearing is that he's not happy. He's dirty. That Flanagan, his best mate's gone. And I'm not saying, you know, that's the be all and end all, but there's just a lot of noise coming out of Cronulla. Andrew Fafita had surgery this off-season and he's got his knee cleaned up. Is he going to last the season? Blake Braley, they don't have a backup option right now because his brother's gone. They don't have another hooker. Cameron King's already done his ACL. He was signed as the backup. Is he going to hold up? He's a great attacking player and he's going to be great around the ruck for him. But is he going to carry the burden for 80 minutes? Um, Woods, Graham, Nakora, Jack Williams, Fafita. It's an awesome starting forward pack. Good bench with Hamignuele, who made a big impact last year. Toby Rudolph, a guy that was injured all last year. Best player in Queensland Cup the year before. He'll come straight on the bench. You'll see Magulius. I think you'll see Tracy. Teague Wilton, another young gun. Cruz, top of eye. They've got some real good depth. Bakuya's still there. Caleb Milne. Um, Backline depth in Katala, Ferris, etc. I think they've got a bit of depth there, but I'm I'm just not confident. I'm really not. Like Sean Johnson to me last year as well. 
just stunts things. I don't trust him to finish the season. I don't think the Dugan thing's going on well. I think Morris will still end up finding a way out. Moylan, Sherry's I'm, contract. Yeah, Moylan, I'm not confident in. Fafita's knee. Graham injuries. Graham's been injury prone. Like, if you honestly, again, this is another of these ones I feel uncomfortable about because I think looking at this side on paper, I really, really like it. I wanted to talk myself into it. When I hear that much noise and those few guys that are already injury prone, I, I just get the feeling that if they get a couple of injuries and this drama carries on early, that this could unravel. Then there's no way I see them in the bottom four. And if things went really well and they galvanise and all those guys stay healthy, I honestly think they could push for top four. But given everything that is going on, and I'm not really confident in a few of those injuries and just the whole situation that's going on, I've got them at ninth. I've got them tenth. And, um, yeah, this, this one, every year I've basically put them in the whole time I've been doing this show because they're just the side that always overcomes. And this forward pack, like I said, Nakora, Jack Williams, Wade Graham, Fafita when he's healthy, Ueli rolling on Rudolph, they've got footwork, they're mobile, they've got offloads, break by, you know, when Moylan's there, Mully Talo, Morris, Sherry, Ramian, like there's yardage for days, there's tackle breaks, there's creativity, there's points everywhere. Mm. But if Morris goes, Moylan doesn't play, they lose that passing option. If Johnson's in and out and injured, they don't, they lose something there. If Fafita has knee issues, if Graham goes to Origin, gets injured, there's just a lot of question marks on that and all the drama. And is Morris, he's probably better equipped after handling so much drama last year, but how's it going to be for him this year if he gets injuries early and there's pressure and there's issues internally? Yeah. So uh, for all the Sharks fans out there, fingers crossed. I, I definitely am capable of making the eight, but I'm I'm going to have to leave him out this year. Premiership, they're $17, $15 for the minor, top four, $3.25, $1.80 to make the eight, to miss $1.95, the spoon is $17 and the over under Brock is 12 and a half. I've gone under bang on 12, which is what they finished last year at 12 and yeah, 12. Yeah, I'm going under. So let's see if the Sharkies can once again overcome all that adversity. If not, uh, it be interesting to see what happens at the back end of the year. But still some fairly handy kids there and a good group coming through for the future. South Sydney, third last season, fifth in attack, fourth defensively, 16 and eight. Uh, it was a rough year. They lost Inglis early on. Sam Burgess had some injuries, suspension troubles. He was in and out. They had issues with George. They had a really, really good start. They slowed down after the origin period at the back end. They had some injuries, and they dragged themselves into that game against Canberra and had chances to win, to be honest, and still went the grand final. But Canberra obviously closed it out. Um, the losses are very, very big for them. Sam obviously forcing the retirement. GI we knew about last year. John Sutton, after so long gone, such a handy player and so versatile. George is gone. Dean Britt was good depth. Turner was good depth. Connor Tracy, good depth. Britton, so they've halved depth, forward depth, all those key positions. And there was a few guys, probably not as big, Gagan, Harati. I think Dewey's a big loss as well. They cover a lot of positions. What they brought in, Latrell Mitchell, obviously a huge signing, but uh, I'm not quite sure I'm confident in him being the fullback the whole year and being effective there all the time. Bryson Goodwin's good backline depth. Masters, etc. The one thing is, I don't really think they needed backline depth. I think the one area they needed to address, I don't think they've done enough to address, is their forward pack. They've mm-hmm. upgraded a couple of kids of their own in Joshua Cook and Hawkins, who are half hooker. Keelong Kalamatangi saw play in the uh, Charity Shield. He's a good back row. Could probably play some middle minutes off the bench. Kai Rodwell, New South Wales 20s, played cut last year. He's now been upgraded as well. Um, I think it's a big job for a few of those guys to cover what they've lost in Sam Sutton, George, Britt, a couple of those guys there. I think one to seven, they're red hot. If Latrell clicks, if he gets fit, if he plays himself in a form and grows in that position, Gagai, Campbell Gillard doing your yardage, or Campbell Graham, sorry, and you've got Burns and Jimmy the Jet, who's supposedly be fitter. 
I'm still not that trusting in him. Burns, I really think, is a good player, but he's been injury-prone. Between those back five, Walker, Reynolds, the kicking game, the repeat sets, and Cook, I really like it. My issue is when I look at the forward pack, I think the starting forward pack, Totola, Tom, Murray, Lowe, Knight, etc. whatever you get there is good. But again, as soon as there's an injury or I look to the bench, I'm, I'm not too sure what they're going to reach for if they lose a couple of players. Sewer's already had a head knock. Colin Matangi's going to be a debutant if he plays. Amone barely got games last year. Nichols, stock standard. Rodwell be a debutant. Sirenin's more a utility. I just get the feeling they're maybe one or two middle short. And I, I thought Mago and Sele were good on the There's weekend. There's also no reason why they can't sign them as they go as well. Well, so. they've only got one spot left. Hmm. So I, I thought Mago and Sele look great off the bench for them on the weekend, but neither of them in the squad right now. So if they can only squeeze one in, I'm assuming it would probably be Patrick Mago. Um, but I think backline depth, they've got way too much, if anything. And they're well stocked there. I think forwards, they just didn't address enough. And they've got some big names that I just mentioned before that have moved out. So... Yeah, I think there'll be more to come from South in terms of movement. Um, I think a backline player will go. Yeah, they've got the best seven, one to seven, I think, now in the comp. I think Johnston, likely a player to be moved on if they Um, can. The best nine, I think the best lock. So I've I've got them right up there. I can see concerns around their edge forwards, but I'm not sure that with the players that they've got, they're going to rely heavily on their bench, uh, on their edge forwards. They're going to need some um, impact from their props, no doubt. But uh, I've got them right up there. I've um, I've got South Sydney finishing second. Um, I just get the feeling the last few years they've used that role on and Cook's needed that quick play the ball. I'm looking at it now and I'm like, well, Murray on an edge I can sort of get, but at the same time I think he's more effective as a lock. I think you can play him as a lock and he can still put himself on the edge when he needs to. I think putting him there exclusively I'm not really a big fan of with the forward pack they've got right now. Knight can no doubt play 13. We know his potential. He was the best forward four or five years ago coming through on the grades. He obviously had some off-field troubles, which has slowed him down, and now he's reached his potential. I think he's a, a possible origin bolter if he plays his best football. Mm. But I, I just kind of look at that and think I'd just prefer to have him still playing prop, Murray playing at middle, and worst case, push him out to the edge if you need to and reshuffle things. I just think I watched on the weekend, and the quick play the balls and all the good work was coming from the back five rolling and Cook going. I didn't see Cook going and off off the back of their forward pack. And I just think... There's going to be a big reliance, like you said, on that back five. Halves doing a good job kicking, and when their forwards off the bench roll on, hopefully a few of these guys develop during the year, like an Amone or a Colin Matange, a Sua, a Rodwell or whatever. But um, more to your point, if they would have got Arrow or if there's a move that they can make where they can get Johnston out, get Mago and somebody else in, I think that's an area they definitely need to address. Because if they're not generating quick play of the balls and Cook's out of the game, it's going to be on Reynolds to kick, and they're just going to have to play field position and be really, really patient. And I think with the way they've constructed now 1-7, to they're going to want to move the football and play loose. I'm just not sure if every week they're going to be able to generate enough play the ball speed to do that. Mm. I definitely think they're a finals team. Um, But, yeah, I I just think some of those losses in the forward pack are very, very big and they weren't really addressed. Development players, people to bring in. Brock Gardner, Eberdine Gebby, played some Q Cup. Uh, Jack Johns, back row half. Jackson Paul as a winger. There's no one really there, but... Yeah, I think Mago or Sele will probably get one of those last spots. And if Johnston is moved on and they can somehow get another forward in, whether it is Sele or somebody else mid-year, I don't know. But 1-7, to seven, I'm with you. Great team, great kicking game, very creative, strike all over the park. It's just whether they can do enough in their forward pack to generate enough for that back five and the halves and obviously cool. Yeah, I've got them second. I've got uh, them. They've got quality all over the park. Um, second... After uh, 26 rounds, and I've got them winning the comp. 
All right. I've got them as my premiers. Well, I've got them sixth. I still haven't decided on my premier yet. Um, but, yeah, if they can get things a little bit better in the forward pack, there's no reason they can't be top four origin-wise. Well, got to... I just looked at last year as well. They went down to Canberra. It's a game they could have easily won, that preliminary final. It's a different side, though. No, I know that. I know that. I just think they're, I think they're better this year. What That's you, the point. What do you I, think about the trail at fullback? Do you think he's going to... Well, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't worry me. I just know that he, he'll be he'll either be good at fullback or he'll move him to centre and he'll bring Johnson in or however he's going to shuffle the back line. He's got enough players there to do that. I think he'll be... Latrell Mitchell's going to be good at South. Like, he, he was a bit poisoned last year with Origin and then, you know, whatever happened at the Roosters, you know, he didn't feel the love or, you know, he's, he's made some cultural-type comments that... South Sydney are more more accommodating to his um, culture and his way of life. Uh, oh, look, I think the Roosters did as much as they possibly could, and I in the end, well. they they gave him a career. Uh, but South Sydney have got some fantastic Indigenous players at the club. They've got Latrell Mitchell working in that space, and they certainly do a lot of good things um, with the Indigenous community off the field. So. Um, if that's the type of environment he's looking for, he's certainly going to get it at South Sydney. They're the best Indigenous club in the competition um, in terms of what they do both on and off the field um, in that space. So I think he's going to feel at home at South. He wanted to go there, so I can only see him playing good footy. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, like, I just think <clears throat> at this time of the year when we're talking about, you know, how's he going to go at fullback or is he going to play centre... In the end, what he does on the field is going to determine where he plays. If he's not good at one, he'll get moved to centre. That'll be a decision that Wayne Bennett makes. Well, who do you Wayne move to fullback if he goes? Yeah, well, you move Johnson to fullback. Because I, I kind of look and I'm like, it's not that he doesn't have the talent, but he's three or four years removed from playing there. There was comments last year when he was in Origin camp that he thinks the season too long and he felt worn out and all this and that and the other, and now he's moved to the most important and busiest position on the field. You know, when I was at 20s at Penrith, we had Braden Burns. Braden Burns played fullback. Yeah, but I'm just Braden saying, Burns like, play if fullback. you're getting him over Dan and Gagar you're, you're paying that fullback. kind of money, you want him to be your strike weapon. I don't, I don't think, you've got to organise the defensive I, I, line. You've if got to If you're pass. touching, uh, touching a, a financial, um, I guess, tag to the position... Like, if you get Latrell Mitchell, you just want him playing good footy, whether it's at centre or, or fullback. I don't, it doesn't worry me. I just think he'll play good footy at South, whether it's at centre or at fullback. No. That doesn't concern me at all. Adam Reynolds, captain, growing up there in the area. South through and through. Great for him. The, well, the, the big thing for Latrell, going back to Latrell quickly, is is that he needs to improve what he does off the ball if he's going to be a fullback. And that's my point. That Part yeah, of that but comes down. He's, it, like, you're going to look at, a lot of people are going to look at what he did last year. Again, understand that Wayne Bennett would have been on to him about what he was doing off the ball last year. That was one of the big reasons why he got dropped from Origin um, internally. That was the that was a conversation. Well, he just wasn't doing things off the ball, the things that he needed to do. Um, and people would be kidding themselves if they they didn't think that he would have addressed that. And Wayne Bennett hasn't had that conversation with him. Jason Demetrio would have had that conversation with him. The expectations around what he needs to do at fullback, they'll be clear. And if he's not up to it, they'll move him to centre. My only thing is, like I said, he had dramas in what I thought was the best environment in the NRL, and they were winning. So mm. if things get unsettled or anything does go wrong, it does kind of worry me. I think they're, like you said, probably the best equipped to help and handle Latrell Mitchell if anything does go wrong. And Wayne Bennett's a great man manager, but I, much like you, thought if you're willing to leave the Roosters with the offer they made with that position, that club, I thought they couldn't have done any more for him. I really do hope he plays his best football. It's not even a personal thing. I'm just more talking, like you said, about fullback. I don't know if he's going to be fit enough to impact the game and organise the defence and push up on the ball and his ball playing. Like, there's a lot of stuff we just haven't seen for a couple of years. I'm just looking to see how it all pans out. 
Yeah. That's more what I'm looking at, but uh, we'll see what happens to the forwards and all these kind of guys. Six for me, second for you. The odds, the one team I didn't write them down for. There you go. They're $10. So I was half calls. asleep. $11. I got ripped. They've got on here, so you've missed out on that one. They're definitely not going to be getting the wooden spoon. They're $67 in that regard. To miss and make the top four, you could assume with the odds that they already had there. To miss the top eight, they'll be in the low dollar twenties, dollar thirties, like those other couple of teams. Top four for South Sydney, two seventy five if they get in there. To make the top eight, South are a dollar fifty seven, uh, and they're over under. Brock is twelve and a half over, and I've got over as well to be in. You'd have to hit twelve if even if you've got it six like I do. Thirteen, fourteen wins would have to be. Do I have that as my one hundred dollar short bet? I think I've had... I've what had price them. is that? Is that a dollar ninety? Over under is dollar ninety. Over dollar ninety usually. I'll have that done. So your hundred dollar sure bet. Souths over twelve and a half. I put them in the wrong spot there. We've done them too early, but it doesn't matter. Moving on from Souths, your mob, the Gold Coast Titans, Brock last last year. They were second last in attack. They were the worst defensive team in the comp. Four and twenty. It was a hard year all around. Brath, now Garth Brennan Brath. fell on his sword. Big signings, big deals, talked a big game. Things didn't pan out. A lot of those guys flopped on him. A lot of guys quit. They had big issues. Mal Meninga didn't make it any better. There was way too much talk coming out of that joint last year. They've hired a ripper of a coach. Um, they've already had some injuries, and there's been some change, and a couple of guys pushed out. I think things will improve as far as their effort, their style of play. I just hope things are quiet. I don't want to hear from Mal Meninga. I don't want anyone else talking to the club. The only person I want to hear talking is Justin Holbrook, and I hope they give him enough time to do his job. But as far as gains and losses, a few of the moves he's made, he just got Sam Lasone over on a cheap deal from the Warriors. He got Greg Lalesi-Wow, who was uh, one of the better players in New South Wales Cup, who was previously out the Titans, went back to Parramatta where he was from. Uh, he's a powerful winger, and Jonas Pearson, so a bit of backline depth, and they upgraded internally Darius Farmer, who's a back rower. Losses, Mick Gordon. Um, he, he was very handy for you guys, but a few other guys moving on. Definitely needed to. Uh, Matthews, it was time for him to go. Arthurs chose to go to the Broncos. Jacks didn't work out there. Branko Lee, Stockwell, Leilani Latu. Development kids, they've got a couple of good ones, but probably none more so than Toby Sexton, who was the Aussie schoolboys halfback. Was down at the Bulldogs, I'm pretty sure. Now he's up there. They've got Tanner Boy the year before, who's played all the junior up system. So they've got two of the better potential junior young halves to put a bit of pressure on Ash Taylor, who hopefully has a better year this year. Obviously under Holbrook, which will be the biggest question after a couple of years of disappointment. You got Brimson there. We know he's good. Mawiaki, Fotoaker, I thought was exceptional. He's coming off a shoulder surgery, so hopefully he's okay. He's already put Pete's on notice that forget about playing for you. Like, to be the hooker, you're playing for your future. Mitrain looks like he's got the jump there. I think Jared Wallace needs to have a big year. Proctor now that he's captain and James that needs to have a big year. Cartwright needs to have a big year. Peachy needs to have a big. There's a lot of guys there that need to step up. Um, as far as depth, I think backline. You've got a couple of players there you can roll in and roll out, but there's no real standouts in the back line to me bar Brimson. I think Callum Watkins, they shouldn't have brought over again. Injury, probably a bit too late. I like Kelly, but we've said the same thing for two years now. He needs to be better defensively. And Philip Semi, I've liked forever. Good strike player, but more consistency. Forward pack, all those guys, like we said, need to be better. Bench, Boyd needs to be a lot better this year as well. Yeah, look, I like the coach. Simple as I that. I do too. Uh, I think you'll get better performances out of those guys that we saw I guess not meet expectations last year. I still think, from a roster perspective, we're well, well below. below 
you know, the elite uh, yep. rosters in the competition, and particularly now we're losing Jairo. That's not gonna not gonna help. Do you um, think they would give him to see us? Like they're standing firm now. Do you think that he? I reckon he's too professional. I think he'll play the year out and he'll be fine. I think that's got nothing to do with it. I, I just think that Holbrook in his first digs as an NRL coach, he's not going to let no. his best forward walk out the door. I don't think Arrow's that kind Simple of person either. Like, if I'm Justin Holbrook, there is no fucking way that Joe Arrow is walking out that door. Well, especially now that James got injured. Soon as no, James... It wouldn't matter. No, I get that. He's but... under contract. Yeah, he's an origin exactly. player. He ain't going anywhere. No. Unless you are giving us the absolute bank mm. from a South Sydney perspective. Do you think he plays Tyron Roberts with Taylor, or do you think Tanner Boyd or Sexton has I have no a bit idea. of a run? Because to me, I reckon Peachy should be the six. I don't like Peachy as a centre. Well, if Ash Taylor's playing well and kicking well, then yeah, you can play Peachy at six. But if Ash Taylor's Struggling. below par, you can't play Peachy at six. Where's, where's he going to play? Because Arrow's... I'd play Arrow in the front row and then play Peachy at long. So you could have Wallace, Moiaki come off the bench, Arrow start, Proctor... Yeah. Cartwright and Pete. Oh, either that or in the back row over bloody Cartwright, to be honest. If Cartwright's just having a field day throwing passes at his ass. No, see, I don't like um, Peach on an edge because it just sticks him to one side of the That's field. That's why I, I like, like 13 or half. I think he, in the All-Stars game there when it looked like they were playing basically as a lock or that floating half, that, which when I used to play against him, that's what he grew up doing. He's just more dangerous when you let him do what he wants. Mm. I think you need to get him that way involved so he's impactful on a game. And If Tyron Roberts is quite like he was last year, I'm just looking at even if Ash Taylor is playing bad, saying... So, uh, Peachy can make things happen. I just want him with the ball. Yeah. Um, I hope one of these other kids, Sexton's obviously a development player, so can't play later in the year. Tanner Boyd is a pretty well-structured half. I don't know if it's their responsibility to carry this side, to be honest. I, I think they need to just play more cup and have those two building for the future. Hopefully he can get the best out of Taylor. Brimson stays healthy and plays at fullback. Kelly, Sammy, a few of these younger guys keep developing. But to me, they're in a bulldog situation in the sense of if Arrow's leaving and they've got a couple of young kids, it's about development, who they can bring in and Hopefully, for Holbrook's sake, he can find a bit of value on the market and establish a better culture than what's been there. I don't know how successful they're going to be. I really, really do hope for his success, and I hope he can turn around a couple of these guys that have paid some big money. Because if not, as we already talked about a million times last year, the club's future's in doubt Yeah. if things don't work out in the next 12 to 18 months. It really is. As far as origin effect, Arrow would be in the mix. Wallace, potentially, for Queensland. Peachy. I've got to say that, that this is the most role. confident I've felt in a coach yeah, ever. So the the I had the most confidence in Neil Henry, but I feel as confident with Justin Holbrook as I as I did with um, Neil Henry because he's got the runs on the board. Like he went over and transformed St Helens into an absolute juggernaut. They were, you know, a perennial heavyweight, I guess, in the Super League, and they were always up there in the top four. But they'd slid away until Holbrook got there. Uh, similar to how Leeds are playing now, like they were juggernaut and they've sort of slipped a little bit down a rung. Uh, that's where St Helens were, and he transformed them into an absolute powerhouse. Like first year he got there, yeah. taught them how to win. They won a minor premiership, flailed and and didn't end up making the grand final. Uh, the next year, you know they they go on and they win it. So he's he's just got he's got the runs on the board. Uh, well, and, that's you know the Super League. You, you look at that pedigree. And that's the pedigree of Maguire. That's the pedigree yeah. of Robinson. Well, let's hope he can spark a few of these guys. Because, however, they walked into better jobs in, in winning cultures. Job. In winning cultures, these guys were bought from. They were winning players. Jared Wallace was an international and oh, sorry, not international Origin player who come from the Broncos. Yeah, Proctor was a Premiership winning international that came from the Storm. Cartwright was borderline Origin has not done anything since. Arrow was already one of those players. Pete's got himself in the origin arena. Ash Taylor was touted by Matt Johns and all these people to be the next best thing at halfback. Peachy's played origin. AJ Brimson's one of the next best things. Boyd. 
hope yeah, Boyd played for bloody Australia while he was at Canberra. All these guys know what winning looks like. They've been in winning teams, but at the Titans, it just seems to be this black hole. And hopefully, like you said, they've got the coach now who can spring the best out of some of these guys, establish a better culture, get some winning or at least some competitiveness and drive back into it, and then they can get out in the market, shake things up a little bit, and hopefully get a few more players in there. But unfortunately for this season, I still look at the depth in the side. There's a couple of guys there that are injury-prone. There's a few guys, I'm not sure whether it'll matter about Holbrook, even though I like Holbrook. I'm just not sure if a few guys are really invested. <coughs> yeah, I've got them coming last, but the way the Warriors are looking injury-wise at this point in time, it really wouldn't surprise me if I've got, the uh, Warriors would be there. But I've got them last, unfortunately, but I, I think you'll do a good job. 15. As far as the odds for them, the Premiership, they're $101, minor Premiership, 51. To make the top four, 11. To make the eight, $5. To miss, they're $1.15. The Spoon, they're the favourite, 275 Over, under, Brock is 8.5. I went under. I reckon if they get eight or nine wins, it's a good year, I reckon. Yeah, I think they'll win eight. Under. So just under. What is it, eight and a half? Eight and a half. I think they'll be just under that one. Ryan James, how cruel. Uh, ACL in the lead-up to the All-Stars game, so he doesn't get to play a game. So big responsibility goes on to Kevin Proctor. the same now? Arrow. I think so. Yeah. Jared Wallace needs to step up. Pete, so they've got a couple of old heads there, like we said, have played rep football. They just need to guide them out of this yeah. and hopefully grow a bit of a winning culture or at least be competitive so they can try and attract some players. The Manly Seagulls, next up, 6th last year, 7th in attack, 5th defensively, 14 and 10. Dez's return after Trent Barrett threw his toys out with a cot and said the conditions were unacceptable and things weren't good enough. Literally no players really came in last year except Garrick and LG, a couple of guys on freeze, and he completely transformed the place. They found passion, they built some depth, they had a resilience. It's year two of Dez Hasler back at the club. Uh, again, as far as salary cap situation, there was no dramatic moves. LG moved on. Hodkinson retired. They lost Coruscant because they found Farnu. That, unfortunately, has turned into a very awkward situation now that they've got Levi in on the cheap because Farnu's still up on charges and on the stand-down policy plus shoulder surgery. Mm. So they're in a hole in that situation. I do like Danny Levi, but I don't know uh, if he's going to be able to plug that hole for a whole year or depending on what happens with Farnu. Gaines, besides him, Braden Musgrove, one of Newcastle players, and they upgraded Luke Metcalf, who looked good in the nines. He played fullback in a trial tonight, but he's more a half. He was at Sharks Jr. Development players, uh, they've got a couple of kids there. Benny Trebojevic, I doubt, will be playing any football this year. Keith Titmus, a lock from there. 20s grand final side, probably the most likely. You already saw Abbas Miski last year for depth. Zach Sadler, he played the other night for the All-Stars, the Indigenous All-Stars. He quit after all these injuries at the Bulldogs. He was a big lump of lad. I thought he went pretty well in that game the other night. They might need him because they've got a lot of injuries already. The one who's most likely is probably Josh Schuster, who played six in the SG ball last year. He's a huge body. I don't know if his future's at six, though. I think it's probably more as a back rower, but good footballer. Uh, looking at their squad, full strength, same thing I said last year. It's a really, really good side. It is a really, really good side, but the issue I've got, and I'm sorry to say for Manly fans, I was talking that if they stayed healthy last year, that I think they could have won through to the grand final or got to week three, and I thought they would have done better, probably against the Raiders than South did. But they had all these injuries, but they're coming into this year. I don't know if Tommy Trebojevic can stay healthy. That's yet to be proven. Hopefully he stays healthy. Fingers crossed he does, but he's been injury prone. Adam Fenua, Blake and Jake Trebojevic, both off shoulder reconstructions, won't be ready to go. And if either of them gets injured, that's a huge blow. Jack Kazuski's got a degenerative disc issue that he's had surgery on, and now they've found an infection. And Taniela Paseka, who definitely would have been one of their bench forwards, got an ankle issue. So to start the year with a draw that they've got, I'm pretty sure it doesn't start off uh, awfully friendly. And you know my theory on Dylan Walker and the halves. 
I thought he looked better, much better there last year. So Des Hasler did a good job there. But if you're missing forwards and you're putting pressure on, I don't know how that's going to work out. But they start off with Melbourne, then they play the Roosters, then they travel. Oh, sorry, they don't. They play New Zealand, and then they play the Raiders. So in the first four weeks, with a couple of these guys injured or under clouds, I think they can potentially be one and three. And that's not a great way to start. And then come Origin, this is my main issue. Best side is great. But come Origin, if Tom and Jake are both healthy in DC, they go out of that side and they lose a couple more games there. And this is what I'm touching on. On paper, this is one of the ones I found really, really hard. I think they're a top eight side. And if all things going well and staying healthy, it could be a top four side and a real threat. But with these guys already with question marks, injury at hooker or Farno potentially not even coming back, any of these guys get hurt again, I think they could be in a bit of a hole. Yeah, I've kept them at eighth, and I'm really struggled to talk myself out of it. This is another one of the ones like the Sharks or like the Broncos that I sit there and think I could easily see one of those teams coming in over the top of the Manly. Well, neutral field if, tomorrow, Manly, Broncos, who do you tip? If they're full strength, I'd take Manly on what I saw last yeah. year. So I'd take Brisbane, and mm-hmm. that's why I put them ahead of Manly. Uh, I, my concern for Manly is depth and, like you said, injuries. I don't know, I just think they had a lot go their way last year. Uh, they ground out a lot of games. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just don't see it. I, I don't see where the points are coming from. Obviously, it's through Chaboyevich and... And DCE. Yeah. And yeah, then, obviously, like if you've the got... The hole at nine is huge because Fainu was so good for him last year. And Coruscant being gone. Coruscant gone. Levi's like going to need to um, develop a lot. That handcuff relationship with those two who are excellent, you're not going to have either of them there. Danny Levi, if he can come in and be as good, they get, they're a definite top eight side. Nine's a concern for yeah. me, and their bench is a concern for me. Yeah, well, like I said, they're yeah. the two concerns. Round one right now, Fenua Blake, who I thought was close and to... And probably can Joel Thompson and Curtis Sirenan have the same impact they had last year. Well, Sirenan's another one that they has had a significant all the time. They had a significant impact on the side last year. Same as the centres. Like, Moses Sully and Brad Parker were good. Yeah. Pre-season. Tafua was good. Garrick was pre-season, good. Pre-season, you're sort of like, oh, really? Yeah, depth. You know, um, Cust did a job for them. They Turbo had... Had spent a lot of time out last year, and they still managed to be top eight. So, yeah. look, I think if everyone... Everyone's really going to have to pull their weight again. Sim- they're going to have to have a similar season yeah. to, to last year. I just don't see it lightning striking twice for Manly. So I looked at it this way. Like I said, those first couple of games... Without, I've, I've got Manly 11th. Yeah, without Fenua Blake, without Jake, without Kazuski, without Paseca, that means I don't know who really plays. you probably got Kepi, who only played the last couple of games, come in to start at prop or lock, and then Waddell would play lock, and then you've got to find two more for your bench because Paseca and that aren't available either. So that means round one, your bench is likely going to be Cust or Metcalf to cover nine if you don't think Levi can go a full game. And then you're going to have Morgan Boyle, Olika Artu has only played one game, T-Rex, who's barely played any football the last two years, or Taofoa Sipley or Bat Sadler, like I said, if they upgrade him. So I'm just looking at the first few rounds. Going, if they get off to a bad start, if any of those guys get injured, even if they are healthy, they go to origin, those two or three key plays, which hurts a middle deer. Best season, like you said, all healthy, everyone stays in the park. They're definitely a top eight side. Mm. But I'm already worried because when guys are coming off shoulder reconstructions who play rep football, they play big roles, and you have guys like Siren who are already injury prone, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I had a feeling today that I just definitely wanted to take him out because I just got a feeling that if they get those couple of injuries or things don't start well, it's going to be bad. But then in my head, I thought that last year with all the injuries, and they just fought their way out. So as to you said, you're saying... They were just so resilient. It didn't matter who came in. But I think this year they're not going to start with any uh, with a couple of strike weapons that it may snowball yeah. and catch up with them. Can Walker be better in the halves with DCE? 
Can Tom stay there? Can Garrick, Suley, Parker, all these guys be as good? Can Levi develop? Can Siren stay healthy and have the impact that him and Joel Thompson did? Paseka, Gazuski, can they get back? Kepi, Waddell all take a step forward. If they do, definitely top eight and pushing in the finals again. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried about the boys they've got there. So, Over-unders, I've say. got them eighth just hanging in. Eleventh for me. They're, they're the one, again, that I'm looking at going Sharks, Broncos, Knights at the end of the year. I might give myself a triple because I'm not comfortable with it, but yeah, I've got them holding on to eighth. Uh, for the Premiership, Manly are $13. Minor Premiership, $11. Top four, two eighty. Top eight, $1.50. To miss, which you like, is two fifty. so you get a bit of value there. The Spoon, $81. Over, under, is 12 and a half. So oh, no. to get in, you would need bang on 12 probably last year is what got you in, or 11 and a draw got you in. Yeah, so this is an awkward spot for me because I've got them at eighth. And that's basically bang on. So at 12 and a half, I'm tempted to say under. But that would be saying that four and against and their win total. Is well, 11 wins got in last year. I'm going to say they if they do get in, it's under 12 and a half. I'm going to say... Well, actually, no, I'm going to say it's over. Because if they stay healthy and they do get in, they'll probably win 13. But I reckon that's bang on by the bookies, as always. But Manly fans out there, they're, they're generally the ones that like to get very vocal in the last few years. Uh, yeah, I think a big part yeah, of your take a ticket. Big part of your year is going to come down to health. If they're all healthy, it's a rip aside, but we'll wait and see. The Melbourne Storm, minor premiers from last year, eliminated week three of the finals, first in attack, first in defence, twenty and four on the season. Another very very consistent year. Found players again. Found a new fullback. They've got a couple of backup hookers. Couldn't sort out their half situation. And like the year before, question whether they could win a comp without a halfback. They made the decision that Brody Croft wasn't that man. They pushed forward with Hughes, who's now definitely done a full pre-season play in there and looks like he's going to get first crack uh, in that position. Other gains, as usual. There's not a lot of space there after they've upgraded a couple of those big-name forwards. Branko Lee brought in on a basically free. They brought Jacks back, who was serviceable. Aaron Penne, Darren Schoenig. Uh, Nico Hines were all from their Sunshine Coast set up an upgraded top squad and Isaac Lumi Lumi was a gun 20s player for the Sharks they stole last year. A couple of big losses. Chambers, though, who I thought wasn't playing great football. That was more for cap reasons. Curtis Scott didn't really fit in down there, wanted to leave. They were happy to let him go. Brody Croft they moved on from. Stimson, Carter, Billy Walters. But there's a lot of depth going out of the back line and a halfback, obviously, that Brisbane are clearly looking at saying he's our future because they've given him three years. Melbourne... Didn't see him that way, so he's been moved on. Uh, there's not really a whole lot in their development set up. They've only got two guys named in that at this point in time. But for me, Brock, I look at this side every year and every time I look at something and think, you know, this could be the year they slide or they fall out or anything goes wrong, I just remind myself of the same things over and over again. Craig Bellamy's the coach. The culture's outstanding. Cameron Smith's still there. And the starting forward pack of Bromwich... Nelson, Asafa Solomon, Kenny Bromwich, Felice, Kafusi, and Dale Finucane is enough to win you 10 or 12 games along with Cameron Smith. Yeah. Munster's there in the halves. They've shown the last few years that we're, even without a halfback, which we say is one of the most critical things, they just still win games. Pappenhausen yeah. is the new fullback. He's nailed that role. They had Drinkwater. They had Nika Hines who had a good game there. So they've had guys there. The big concern's obviously centres, but I think Olam last year, to me, showed enough to lock down that, what, that spot. The problem's going to be depth. Adokar and Vunavana will do their jobs before they leave. How they replace them the year after, I have no idea. But the only real issue I have is probably centre depth. I think forward pack's good. Kamika Mika will do a job. I think the little bits I've seen of Tino, he'll get more before he goes to you guys, which is a great signing for the following year. I think he'll be good for us. 
Max King, who we took off you, Bikes, I think would be good for us. Harry Grant will fill that hole temporarily on the bench that Brandon Smith left. I, I hope Melbourne don't let him go. I hope they can convince him to stay. Um, and then hopefully by middle of the season, they reckon we'll get Welch back. He was borderline origin last year, and Brandon Smith will back, be back week three or four. The big question is the same thing over and over again. Can you win a comp without a halfback? Does Jerome Hughes develop enough? The one thing I do know is that Jerome Hughes is willing to get in the line. He's willing to run the football, and I think defensively, he's a good player. If they struggle with Seve and they think the Jacks or Cooper Johns, who was thrown around, is a better option at some point, and they don't like Seve, I'd still like to see Hughes in our side, whether he be the utility or play well, centre. I think he'll play centre. And, and then if John's up to it, they'll play in the halves, yeah. Jax is good enough as well. But I just don't um, think without a halfback and some They've got a halfback. They've just got to find the right one. I like Hughes as a player. I like Papineau. I think there's a lot of good there. And again, healthy. They're my minor premiers. They'll be the model of consistency. Yeah. I'm just not sure whether there's a team there to win the comp. No, I don't think there is. I think the Roosters and Rabbitohs will be firing at a... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com level higher than them come finals, which was the case last year. And I'm interested to see the development of Darren Schoenig and Aaron Penne, who were great in the Queensland Cup the last couple of years. They keep finding these guys, your Glasbys, your Welches, all these guys. If they can find another one for the bench, if they can get Brandon back, they're a top four side. And Origin the last few years has been kind to us, even though we've lost players, because now we have Cameron stay. We have basically a Kiwi forward pack. We can do enough during Origin, depending on the matchup we get, to still win games. So I look at Melbourne and still see... 14, 15 wins, potentially. I just don't know if I see a premiership. But for me, I've got them fourth, uh, only because Origin, again, will still probably take Adokar, Munster, Felice, Dale, potentially. Like You're going to lose maybe four. You don't know about injuries. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Cameron Smith, this will be his last season, in my opinion. Hopefully, it's a great one. I actually couldn't believe some of the stuff I read on the Melbourne page that he's the reason that Croft is gone and he ruined Croft and might like... I don't know what games people were watching. He had an international origin back row, international origin centre. Vunavala, the top try scorer the year before. Anytime he got the football, he just... I don't know. He he was pre-planned, basically. He was either running or he was throwing a pass. He got frustrated very, very easily. I think Felice and everyone suffered as a result. And when Hughes went there, it just looked simpler and the edge looked better. Mm. Croft hopefully is successful at Brisbane and hopefully Seabell can turn him around. He had him in the under-20s, but... For some of the things I've read for the Melbourne people, I don't know what they were saying and why they'd be laying into possibly the greatest hooker of all time, one of the best coaches ever to coach in the game. I'd back Craig Bell in his judgment if he's moving on from Brody Croft more than people thinking that it was Cameron Smith that supposedly iced him or made him look inadequate in that setup. He had two and a half years. He was coached by Bellamy, Smith, Cronk, Billy Slater. As far as I'm concerned, if you can't take that opportunity with all that coaching and all that uh, around you, at some point, you've got to move on. That's what they've chose to do. So, I've got Melbourne fourth. Uh, what did you say? My premiers. My premiers. Their odds for the Storm, $6 for the premiership. They're the second favourite. Minor second favourite as well, $5. Top four, $1.90. $1.14 for the top eight. To miss, 5 50 The Spoon, $201. Brock, the over-under, 
is 14 and a half. Over. I'm going to say over. They won 20 last year, which I never would have picked. I think they'll win 16 games. But I think, yeah, 15, 16 is right around the mark for the Melbourne Storm. Can they find something out of Branko or Penne or Shoney or Hines? They just seem to always get the best out of someone when you think they're done. So back line, the biggest concern, and who's going to be the halfback? But the forward pack, Cameron Smith, Munster, exceptional. The New Zealand Warriors, 13th last year in attack. They were 10th defensively, 14th. They were nine wins, a draw, 14 losses. It was a bad start last year, and they chased their tail for the rest of it. Harris missed extended time. Uh, it just <sighs> Green's form down. They let Johnson go, which I did agree with. Then they signed Nicarima, which I didn't agree with. Chanel Tavita Harris should have got more opportunity. It seems like Roger Tuivasa-Shek and the back three, Fusitu and Mamola, have to do everything. And then there was six or seven games they lost by a try, and then the back end of the year, they just got blown off the park. Mm. And then coming into this season, losses aren't really significant. Lasone, Sal, Sarte... Aishford, Luke, like Sarte, Lasone and Sal hurt now because they've had two ACLs in Bunty Afara and Jackson Fry who they hope would play in their front row rotation. And then they let Lasone go to you guys still, even with those injuries. So they signed uh, Jermaine Tanoa-Brown, who's never played any first grade, who just played in the, the Indigenous All-Stars game the other night. Big pressure on him. Armel, Parsi, who I think he rolled his ankle today in the game, and Josh Curran, who they got from the Roosters last year, he came off injured as well. They're already looking like the forwards. Spine, we're not sure. Green took all the pressure, and if they're not going forward, he's under pressure. Roger's already doing more than he possibly can. Cody Nickarima, to me, his best spot is 14. As an impact player, coming on, floating around, playing as nine. I don't like him as the six. I think Chanel Tavita Harris is the better option there. I don't think they're going to go that way, though. And now they're talking that in the centres, they're going to play Fussy Tua there. They think that's a better role. I think Fussy Tua and Marmolo bringing the ball back with Roger Tua Vasicek's the best part of their team. I think putting them at centre... Does he probably get a little more good ball? Yes. But are they going to have the go forward to be able to get him the good ball? I don't mm. think so. I think Patrick Herbert proved that he's definitely one of their centres and can pass and defends very well in that spot. And I think that's another thing about Fussy Tool we don't know yet. Who's the other centre? Is it Hiku? I don't know. He's been up and down like a fiddler's elbow. Jared Beal's coming off an injury as well, so he's not ready to go. Hiku, even if he does play, is off a of surgery as well. Um, Tohu Harris missed all of last year excellent player wish he never left Melbourne but there's only so much impact you can have in a game from an edge I think with the injuries they've already got right now not being sold on Egan Lawton or Roach who's injured until mid-season to lock down the nine spot and who's going to help Green out the best thing to me is just the back three and they've even made a change to that already I think they're a bad team I think they're definitely close to the spoon this season the only reason and I take my own words last year I said they should never ever win one because they get half the season with teams travelling to them. They have a massive home ground advantage, generally, being in New Zealand, and they have no origin players. Yeah, look, I'll say... Um, but this year... Three words. Prove me wrong. Stephen Kearney, I'm sorry to say, but I think this is the I'm end. sorry to say. I'm sorry to say, Stephen, and they've got Nathan Brown over there as a coaching consultant. I think Nathan Brown might end up getting that job. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but they brought him over and put him on right, yeah. as a consultant and all these that's other bits and pieces. That's enough the Warriors. The Warriors, I'm very, very sorry for their inner left fans. Sorry but to say. The injuries and too many question marks, I think it's going to end badly. Uh, hopefully, by the end of the year, though, 
I think Tanavita Harris ends up in the halves. I think the Nicaragua signing was a mistake. And I think, I hope Roger Tuivasa-Shek doesn't end up regretting signing long-term again. Because I, well, I think for sure, is. <laughs> I, think I thought for is. sure he would have left after that deal. Thought, I want to go win. But he stayed. Good on him. But he's carrying it all uphill. Him, Ken Marmola are going to be doing all the Gaga. dirty work again. And I just don't see it. Blair, Papali, Parsi. You've oh, spoken man. too I'm much just... about the Warriors. No more. <sighs> yeah. I will say one stop, more. Stop, stop. Got... He's already dead. They've got, they've got a lot of kids in their development system. You might see one or two of them. You might see Paul Turner, who's another young half. Again, don't know if you will or whether you won't. Um, there's a few good kids coming through at Christ. It's going to be a long year. I've got them 15th. Well, they missed the... They even missed the Canterbury Cup finals last year. Usually in the lower grades, they're all over it. Yeah. That shows you where their depth's at. I've got them finishing Stone Motherless last. Yeah. I think it might be a long year for the Warriors. $34 to win the comp. I think Baz tipped him to finish uh, last last year, mate. Baz, and then he changed his mind. He kept going after him, didn't he? He's like, I don't I'm like on the Baz wagon this year, yeah. just a year late, well, mate. Possibly first coach fired, if not fired. I think Kearney's in big trouble. I think he'll be gone. Premiership, $34. Minor premiership, 26 Top four, seventh. Top eight, three twenty-five to miss. a dollar thirty-three. The spoon, $7 if you like that for value. Well, I do. Over under is 10 and a half. That's under for me. Under. Ten and a half. Ten wow. and a half. Again, no origin effect, free in that period. Um, I'd go under with seven and a half. I think they win seven games. Newcastle, last year. Wow, 11th, 8th in attack, 13th in defence, 10 and 14. You're all over the shop with your teams here. They were up and down like a fiddler's elbow as well. Um, they started off with a bunch of home games, a couple of close losses. Then suddenly caught fire, won seven, eight in a row, headed into Origin, had two or three close losses while they had extra players going to camp in Pierce, Safidi. Then for some reason, it just completely unravelled. It made absolutely no sense. They were off Brown, club recruitment, Pezzett and the guy who was the GM or CEO, I can't even remember, it's been that long ago. Everyone was just knifing each other. Brown ends up out, a couple of players are off him, the comments don't seem so good. And then they get Adam O'Brien, who we know has had one of the best apprenticeships you could possibly have. Mm. Uh, I hope for his sake, those few blokes in Peasant and I forgot the GM's name, stay out of his way and he's got full autonomy over the football side because otherwise I'm a bit worried for the Newcastle setup with the way they did Brown. But uh, as far as gains are concerned, theirs was mostly an internal upgrade and a clean-out. So they got Jaden Braley in. It was something they definitely needed. They needed a solid nine. They've got that now. But internally, they upgraded Tex Hoy, who can play fullback, 5'8", wing, Bradman Best, you saw a little bit last year, he's going to be injured. Stafford Tyrell was a junior Kiwi, centre wing fullback. Gerard Mamasio watched play Cup. He was 20s eligible. He's a good front rower. They got Anari Tuali, who the Cowboys let go. Swain Jr. from Angry Boys, as I call him. Uh, Gemahat Shibasaki from the Broncos. And Tyron Roberts-Davis from your mob, the Titans. But the clean out, a lot of experience. Kenny Dow, James Garvey, Jamie Bura, Ramian left. Slade Griffin didn't play a game. He moved on. He's on the coaching staff. Nathan Ross retired. Levi's gone. And they let go of the under-20s player of the year that they had to get his ACL to your mob. Both for more, but he's not ready to go mid-season. Development players. Uh, they've got a very good half, Nathan. Nathaniel Sasagi. He didn't play any football last year. He's still only 19. He already played cup. He'll be learning and developing. Luke Huth, former Aussie schoolboy and hooker, and Matt Croker, who played New South Wales 20s last year. But their best side, forward pack-wise, looks great. You've got Clemmer, Jaden now in there. Fidi, uh, Safidi got a taste of origin. Fitzgibbons is a try scorer. Barnett's a psycho. Glasby, whether he plays lock or SESE. The bench, though, when they get to their depth, I'm not sure. Like, Guerra, does Jacob Safidi take a step forward? Josh King, Sami Solo, Gerard Mamasi, do those guys step in and do enough? 
Um, Connor Watson, to me, I thought was the best option to play in the halves after Phoenix Crossland got hurt. Looks like they're going to go with Mann again. I'm not going to question Adam O'Brien. I don't think Lino's the answer. I don't know if Mann's the answer. The back line's the one that kind of worries me, though. I like Tex. I like Heimel Hunt. Matautia, to me, he's not quick enough to play in the backs anymore. He's got too big. He's had too many head knocks, but it's probably going to be Edric Lee and Hunt. Anari Tawala, who the Cowboys let go, and maybe Shibasaki to start with. Be Shibasaki for sure. I don't know if Moga <laughs> is ever going to be healthy enough. Bradman Best is already injured until round four to six, they reckon. Does Stafford Toa get her? Like, I just think so many good young kids, but with that, it can go really bad. So I'm not too sure. If, if they roll a couple of those guys in and things don't go well early on, I think you'll see teams looking to target Newcastle's edges if they can get over their middles. But when you look at their spine and you look at their middles, Ponga, it's a huge year for him. They're throwing the kitchen sink at him offer-wise, but let's be honest, started well last year when he finally went back to fullback, went completely dog shit at the back end of the year and handled things poorly with the Nathan Brown situation. Mitchell Pearce looked like he was leading from the front and charging the bandwagon. And again, after Origin come back, looked like he was the, the ringleader, to be honest, of everyone that quit on Brown and just dragged the team in the mud. Clemmer mm. switched off. Safidi switched up like there's a lot of guys I think that were responsible for the way things crashed and burned I think Adam O'Brien brings a different pedigree and is probably the coach moving forward um, but for them it's go time now I think the pressure's on they need to play finals football I think they will I've got them finishing fourth I think um, awful big time new coach well they should have been top four last year they wiped the floor with the Roosters up there at home they look there's good. a few players out let's be um, honest I get that but I like I like what I saw from Newcastle last year. Another year under a different coach, probably a more, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say modern coach, but you know, I think he's going to be able to squeeze a little bit more juice offensively out of those star players, your Pierce, your, um, your Ponger. I think they'll look better. I think you'll find a spot for Connor Watson, which I think is vitally important for the Knights. Um, they're going to finish in fourth. NY Dark Horse, mate. I think they uh, they could really upset some teams. And, you know, where they finished last year, 9th or 10th? 11th. 11th. But they were right in it, lost some games, key games late in the year. That that one against the Tigers rings a bell where they really threw it down the They, down just, the gave, road. they, they just quit. They, they won that. They could have easily played finals. Uh, it was all in front of them and they just... Faltered, so they've had a lot to think about over the off season. I think they'll come in super motivated as long as they stay injury free. I've got them jumping the likes of the Raiders. I think the Knights and the Raiders. I see the the Raiders sort of bumping down a little. Knights bumping up slightly. Well, this is one of the ones. That's like where I, I sort of I'm sort of shuffling them around in my head. But again, it's all on paper. Yeah, and that's why my thing. I'm I like like you said, Ponga, Pierce, Braley, Watson in that rotation. I don't know the sixes. I don't mind Watson there. I like the forward pack. I just more so. I like home ground for them. The bench rotation. It's one of the last, yeah, real home ground advantages. And they lost too many home games last year. That needs to change this year. Yeah, they lost three or so early, and that put them on the back foot. All going well. This is probably the one I felt worst about the Sharks with the noise, the Broncos with the injuries, and a few just blokes there that I think I don't know if they're motivated to play for season. But Newcastle, even with the coach, I'm just I don't know. This this was the one I really struggled with. You're on drugs, brother. Yeah, again. Where you got them finishing? I've got them eleventh. Wow. Because I think between those three, the Sharks, the Broncos, the Knights, any of them could make the eight. And if not, if everything goes right to me, push. That's fifth, one I six. just don't get, man. I think yeah, I've well, whiffed on that one. I probably have. All right, let's I get some have. odds. But 
yeah, the back line concerns me. If Tuala and Shibasaki sent us to start off with, they couldn't really hold spots for their own teams. Edric, Heimel Hunt, <coughs> best if he's in. You know, it's a lot of pressure on a young kids. Staff at Tyler, his text yeah, coming. We've been over Come on. I, I don't Move know. on. But Pierce. Pierce is the big one. I've got him winning the Daly M. He needs so. to have a huge season in Ponga. But I'm probably going to regret that one, but I'll live with it. Uh, premiership, they're $21. Minor Premiership, $21. So there's some big one for you. Top, Top four, four $5.50 if you like them. Huh. Top yeah, eight, they're two twenty five. To miss, they're $1.60. For the spoon, they're 17 The over-under is 11 and a half. Over. God, that's a sure bit of mine as well. Mm. Well, because I've got them out, I basically have to say under, don't I? I reckon. You do, bud. You 11 do. is on the money. So that's what I'm going to go with. You're going to have the biggest log jam, top eight log jam ever. Good. For your, well, your this year, the bookies were a bit hesitant this year. They put a lot of teams at 11 and 12. They didn't want to fiddle with it. Usually, they give you a bit of variation. This year, they got about seven or eight teams that have said, you decide. Mm. We're not giving you anything. We're just going to put them dead on 11 or 12. That's which okay. is That's what they've done. Rightio. Next up, the Cowboys. 14th last year. 14th in attack. 12th defensively. 9 and 15. They had injuries early. They had way too many close games. Every time you thought they were going to get a win or bring it back on track, they just couldn't. Spine struggles. Clifford didn't really hold down a spot. Morgan was up and down again. They needed to redo their back five. They needed some fresh blood. They just looked flat and stale and green under pressure. Uh, back end of the year, they got a couple of wins. Once they got some players on board, Drinkwater came over and a couple of guys got healthy again. But this year, they've just pushed all in. They've got a new stadium. He's on his last legs. They got Valentine Holmes back. They got Reese Robson in to bring some new blood to nine. And you saw Ruben Cotter play last year. They got Isan Masters coming up from the Tigers for their back line. Connolly Lamili from the Bulldogs. They upgraded Tommy Gilbert, a good young prop, and Cotter, like we saw last year. Dan Russell. The players, they've moved on. Tomorrow, Martin had to retire after the issue he had with his, his head knocks, and we wish him all the best moving forward. That's a terrible situation. He was a good footballer. But Jarvid Bowen, Gideon Gillamosby, all these guys, Carl and Anderson, just years of hope, and it never really panned out. Baptiste, they've moved on from Tawala probably a little bit quickly. Kahu. Went for a year. They had a clause where he could leave, though. They didn't want him there. He went back to the Broncos. Bolton and Matt Scott, big losses. But last year, it was evident that they were no longer up to speed. And the injury that Bolton suffered. And then Scott had a stroke, didn't he, from memory? Terrible way to finish off. He didn't even get to play the last game at Cowboy Stadium. Um, I look at them this year with Holmes at fullback. Felt Masters with Opacek, probably. Tualungi. Morgan has to have a good year. The pressure's on him. The pressure's on Green. Drinkwater, I think, is definitely going to put pressure. His natural position was a half. He was an Australian schoolboy half. That puts pressure on Clifford, who JT and all these blokes had wraps on. The forward pack's the big concern, not because of the players that are in there, because of the injuries they've had the last few years. McLean's a great player, but he's been injured. Maguire's already injured. Hess needs to get over his little funk. I don't know if Cooper is ideally a starter. I like Mitch Dunn and a few other guys over him. Tamalolo's exceptional. Um, but Robson, I think, will start in Greenville. They'll get a nice tag team going in the nine. Molo, Dunn, Asiata from their bench. they got a little bit of depth this year because of some of the purchases. You've got Cotter, who can play nine, Greenville or Robson. You've got Hampton and Clifford, Drinkwater for your halves. Uh, O'Neill is probably more on the outer for the back line. You saw Hamisi, Tabo Fawai, who's going to be in the mix. Dan Russell, and in the forwards, they've got a couple of good young kids. You saw Wright last year. Tommy Gilbert's going to be in this year. Peter Holar. Uh, this was probably the big one that I'm looking at that I, I may regret later on, but I I just think there's too many good players here and a couple of the guys they brought in. The pressure that will be on green, the new stadium, 
it's been two years of, of letdowns. It's it's go time. I I've got him finished fifth, and I've probably gone way over. Yeah, I've got him finishing ninth. I can see where you're coming from, but until Michael Morgan gets out of the booster seat and gets into the daddy driver seat and takes hold of this side and pushes them around like he did the year they won the grand final or went to the grand final against Melbourne, you know he's he's realistically that year they if I think St George won. They would have missed the eight. They got in, and he he it was hit the sharks, form. wasn't it? The sharks, sharks. Some have lost. Some anyway. lost. It doesn't yeah. matter. But it, they they were out of the eight then as well, and they haven't been in the eight since. So I, I don't know. They just look unconvincing to me. The outside, like who they've bought, Isan Masters, like Valentine Holmes. I know he's gone to the NFL and chased his dream and do all that stuff. Look what happened to Hayne when he came back. It takes a little while to physically. I think he's younger. That's the reason. He's I'm younger. I get confidence. all that. I, I still think it's going to have an effect. I don't think you're going to see Valentine Holmes in best form probably till the back end of the year. Then I look at like Gavin Cooper, Cohen Hess. I mean, Hess is. I think he's got a point to prove. Like he's. he's and really that's more what I'm going off. There's a few guys here to me. With the buys, Opperchet, like Justin O'Neill. The back, yeah, he's not even in the back five for me though. I think they've got enough there. That they've flipped it. I like Opperchet. Opperchet. I think yeah. Felt is good. I think Holmes. Tualagi's a big body. I think. Jake Granville. That's what they bought Robson for. And I think yeah. Robson was the best backup nine waiting to play. Like if Jake Granville's Cotter. a nine, he's not a top eight nine. Cotter is there. Robson's there. I, I think they're going to flip a lot of That's what they're going to need. They're going to need some youth come through and take some starting spots. And if that's the case and they're good enough, they can they can play finals. But and I've got them just out. Oh, yeah. I think I'm banking on some of these kids. And I'm banking on a few of the guys they've brought in that they've got enough to flip it. And I'm banking on Drinkwater... If not playing there, pushing Clifford to the point where he starts to play to his potential. Yeah, Clifford. So there's pressure on a couple of guys there to live up. It's pressure, like I said, with the new stadium and just the situation they've been in the last few years. They need to play finals. They have to. I've probably reached, but I think, yeah, I'm, I've really, really thrown it all in. Development players, like I said, Hamiso, who you saw in the mm-hmm. nines, will be probably upgraded. They've got a couple of spots left there. They've got a kid that they brought over from New Zealand. Tuki Miha Simpkins, who's 18, 6'4", 105 kilos, automatically in their top 30. He looks a hell of a prospect. They've got Ben Condone, who plays prop back row, Queensland 20s. Wiri McGregor, same deal. Garrett Smith played Queensland 18, 20s, only 19-year-old. They've got a good crop now. They've already blooded a few. They've bought some. I just think it's time. Mate, Hook, it, Hook Griffin's got the Cowboys in the top four. So. I, I could nosedive. I He's got them in the top, the top four. four I just think they've got a good side. Michael Morgan will push them around the park and uh, that forward pack just looks quite convincing to me. If McLean and Maguire and that get injured again, big trouble, early doors. Yeah, right here. But, Move on. All right, we're a bit opposite on that one, but they're my improver for this year. For the Premiership, they're $17. Minor Premiership, $17. Top four, three fifty. Top eight, $1.90. To miss, $1.85. For the Spoon, $17. Over under Brock is 11 and a half. I'm obviously over. Oh. So you're on the border if you've got them at ninth. Under eleven and a half. Yeah. Oh, they could win twelve, and they could miss out with four and against. But I've got. Oh, I think they'll win eleven games. The bookies are spot on. Their bookies, like I said, this year they've hung a few out there where they've just gone. You deal with that one and see what you think. The Parramatta Eels fifth last year, third in attack, seventh in defence, fourteen and ten. Uh, the last final game was a very very disappointing way to finish, but. From last to the situation they're in, I, I just picked them for the spoon because I just thought their culture, the way things go, I don't know if they're going to turn it around. <laughs> you picked them for the spoon. They managed it. 
so well. The club just said, we're not re-signing anyone. Everyone's going to earn a deal. We all thought they were a little bit mad. They blackballed Guffers and they blackballed everyone. And we're just like, nah, everyone can basically fuck off. We're going to play this safe. Everyone can earn their deals. And at the end of the day, they delivered. They completely flipped things around. They had no yardage game the year before. Sevo Ferguson mm. obviously turned that around. Dylan Brown turned it out to revelation. Moses finally played to the potential he should have. Paulo was good. Reed Marnie was really well. Lane was a great purchase. Brown got back to his best form. Wunga Blake, when he came the back end of the year, looked like the Wunga Blake you would have expected. Nia Corey, Terrape, etc. I look at him this year and with the losses they've got, Mao is a great player, but he was older. It was the right time. Mana definitely needed to move on. Morrell needed to move on. Lulu and Hoffman weren't even part of the setup, but the replacements, Ryan Madison from the Tigers, I think was a critical blow to them and a huge addition to Parramatta. Campbell Gillard, I went on my rant last year. He wasn't worth the money that Penrith paid him. Parramatta paying only part of that. I think they might get value for money if he reaches his best form. Will he? I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of it, but they've rolled the dice. The two kids have upgraded both good players. The New South Wales Cup side made the GF. Hayes Dunster's an outside back. Ethan Parry, you saw play. You took a Manu, who's going to the Tigers. Massive wraps on him for the New South Wales 20s. Set up. He'll be in that rotation. And I just think they've got depth. Uh, Gutherson, Ferguson, Sevo are back three. You've got Jennings and Wunga Blake. If those guys are out, Parry proved he can play. Dunster, I think, can play. Takarengi, I don't like in the centres, but he did the job for him last year, and they almost finished top four. George, Salmon can play centre. He can play halves. They've got good cover there. Halves, Reese Davies, 20s, went to cup last year, played well. Salmon, they've got two options there. The only real hold depth for us is Hooker. But I think if they're in trouble, they'd play Will Smith. They could play Salmon there. They'd just manufacture it another way. But the forward pack now... Paulo, Campbell Gillard, if they hit top form with Madison, Lane, Brown, into Murata off the bench with Terrapo. Evans played better football last year. Hopefully he can take another step forward. You took Amano. Alvaro, I'm not a huge fan of. Oregon Cafusi, I think, is going to have a good year. I, I really like Parramatta squad. I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not convinced at nine. That's probably the biggest one. Reed Mahoney. I, There's a lot of nines I'm not convinced with that. Yeah, Gutherson I'm not convinced at. Centres, back rowers, I, I don't know. I think Madison's a big in. That, that's a massive in. Um, the bench, like I just think Evans, they got better. Alvaro. Plain and simple, I think they got better than last Regan year. Regan Campbell-Gillard. Uh, I think they got better. I don't know, man. And Parramatta being Parramatta. Like, if you told me Mau, Marawa and Mano were playing for you and you've replaced them... With Madison, and then you got a couple of kids like Oregon Kafusi and that pushing through you to Kamado, I think are better. I just think they're a better side. Mm. I really do. Yeah, look, I got I got them finishing fifth. Yep, so I've got them finishing. I, I think I've got them slightly improving on where they finished last year, but there's a lot of buzz around for them being a premiership throughout. I I still think they're probably a player or two away. They've got great wingers. Wanga Blake Jennings, like Jennings is getting to the end of his career. I just think there's not a lot of good centers in the comp full stop. Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown. If he can, if he can improve and take some pressure off Moses, and then they can get some punch out of nine. Mahoney's good. Like, he tackles well. Just the creativity out of nine. I think the better sides have got it. So, I, I, yeah, that, that's probably my concern. And, and front row. I don't know. I, I think RCG's overrated. I agree with you. But I just think for what they paid, and I said it last year when I had my massive rant, 
Penrith did the right and thing. And then you look at Evans, Alvaro, I go, I don't think Campbell, get, Gillard, I think Paulo. you'll be saying Murata, Terrapo, Oregon. I think overrated. When I say overrated with RCG, it's probably not the right description. It's more. I think he's inconsistent. His performances yes. are inconsistent. His best performances. He's not overrated. He's overrated based on his rate of consistency. And if he can be consistent, and so can Paulo, and Kane Evans for that matter, Alvaro is Alvaro. Like he's going to work hard, yeah. and he's, he's a new manner really. Um, I don't think he's going to feature heavily, though. I think he'll be in and out of the side, to be honest. I don't think he's in their best 17. It's a big year for Mitch Moses. If they're, going to, if they're going to go up. Like for, King Gutho wanted all this cash as well. They're, they've got to deliver. Time's come. It's time. Like I said, they got better, in my opinion, which is why I'm sitting here going, well... Yeah, I've got them finishing fifth, but a lot of question marks, and I'm just always apprehensive with Parramatta. I am too, but for once, I've, had, I've dropped a few things this year. I dropped my guard a few times instead of weighing a little bit. So I've got him second. The big one was I looked at Origin, and I think people have talked about Moses going in. I think if Cleary's healthy and Cleary's already been in the setup, even though I think Moses definitely played better than Cleary last year, Pierce, I don't know if he gets in. There was talk about Paula by Brad Fittler. I don't know about that one. I don't think I'd be putting Paula on the Origin side. Madison was right there. If they get to Origin and only Ferguson goes in, I think they just win through that period as well. So I think they're in a real good position to get a top four spot this year if things go well. And as you said, they don't do a, a normal Parramatta and give us this false hope again and then just completely nosedive with the wooden spoon again. I highly don't see it, but you never know. They've done it before. They've done the Canberra Raiders to us where they borderline a grand final and then a year later that is completely capitulated. So for Brad Arthur's ticker, I hope this is a good year. I think they've got better. I'm going second. Uh, premiership this year, they're $11. Mine up 13. Top four, they're... $3, top $8.45 to miss two sixty five. The Spoon, 81 Over Underbrock is 12 and a half. So if you've got them fifth, I've got them second. We're both over. Clearly. What is it? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. So you have to win 13, really, yeah, to be top over. four. Yeah. Or to be fifth. Uh, yeah. A lot of buzz that this could be one of the years that Parramatta really do push. We'll have to wait and see. The Penny Panthers, 10th last year. Attacked, they were 13th defensively. 8, 11, and 3. It was a rough year before it even started. The coach, gone the back end of the year, talk about assistance, who's going to get the job. Gus Gould's still there when Ivan comes back. That doesn't work out. It's leaking like a sieve. Gus has moved on. Then things suddenly get quiet again. The, the off-field drama with the sex tapes, May, infighting. Dallin wasn't happy. A couple of guys weren't happy about their pay packet or positions. They moved them on. And then, to my opinion, like I said last year, everyone that was shredding him, I think Ivan did a great job. He got some young blood in. You saw Toto. You saw Naden, you saw Martin. They just took the situation for what it was, blooded a bunch of new kids, got another new crop in, and they finished the year, I guess, with a little bit of momentum. Uh, a lot better than what they started with in some of the results. You saw like the magic round where they got completely wiped. But I looked this year, and the big thing for me is, out of all these losses, and a lot of these guys were Gus signings, no one really stands out. Like Tim Grant was a plug-and-play for a year. McKendry basically was already retired. He wasn't playing. Egan I was never a big fan of. Fui Mahano didn't play. Sella didn't play. Winnerstein played a handful. Payapua never played. Louis Tosa never played. There's just a lot of dead wood there that basically Ivan got to let go. They've upgraded a lot of kids. <sighs> Sione Katara wasn't a big fan of. Campbell Gillard's basically the only big player, but again, not consistent for the pay packet that he was given before Ivan got there. They cut their losses and they turned Campbell Gillard and those losses into Uppy Coruscant, which is a definite need at nine. Kate Well, a versatile back row, center wing to play everywhere, and Zane Tedavano, a premiership winning prop. 
I um I think Crichton. they've I think they've recruited as well as anyone. I do too, and in key positions they've need. I think Crichton being upgraded, Stephen Crichton, Stephen Crichton. Sorry, I think he'll push for the backline spots. The Bloor brothers both in now, half depth, and Sean probably the better of the two. The back row lock. He's off an ACL. I don't know if he'll play, but he'll be right there. I look at the back line. The only question I still sort of have is at fullback, and I have my own little theory on that. I don't know if Mansell will hold his spot all year or far. I think Naden and Tot are in, but I think nipping at their heels is going to be definitely Crichton, one player, looking to push one of those guys out. I think Farah probably more likely than Mansour, in all honesty, to stay. Mm. I think Mansour, to me, just looks like he's lost a bit of a step. I hope he starts the year well, and especially with his yardage work. But watching Crichton run, jump off some of the kickoffs and the nines, the way he moves, I think those two blokes are both under pressure. Aitken's very busy, but I think him and Edwards are too similar. I think Edward Aikens is more physical why Edwards is out, but you know my theory. I think when they had Matt Moylan, he wasn't a yardage player. They had two good wingers carrying the ball. If Mansour and Toto do a good job in yardage, to me, I'd like to see Burton play with Cleary, and I'd be putting Luai to fullback. So you've got an X-factor, someone who's creative, who can pass from the back and kind of do what they had with Matt Moylan. I think that's a possibility for Jerome. Um Arpy definitely brings what we talked about last year. They had no one at nine that could hold up the ruck, be a threat, make A's accountable, make Marcus accountable. Appy's going to do that. Zane and Tarmow probably start. Catewell and Kickout can be your back row. Fisher-Harris has got to fit in the rotation. I think Yo will now be what he's supposed to be. He'll either rotate with the middles or he'll play lock. He was never dynamic enough to play on the edge. And then you've got Leota, who's nuts. Martin, who's nuts. Can Hetherington be better? Spencer Lane, who's there. Billy Burns can play back row. I think they've got pretty good depth. Mm. And Tyra May's an X-Factor. If they need the mm. perfect utility or if they don't like their halves set up later in the year, May can play six or nine. He can roll in that position. So I think in the key positions, they've got options. I like Burton as a player. I like the left foot kick. I think he can run. I think Luai worries me more defensively, which is why I don't mind, like I said, I think if you want points of attack from all over the field, it's Burton, it's Cleary, and if... Aitkins and Edwards aren't delivering a pass or don't get one in their game, that would be my move. I'd be putting Luai at fullback. Yeah. I think they're, they're right. This is the year. Cleary's come back last year. Aligned things. Gould's gone. All the off-field drama's gone. Um, so, look, I, I think this is the year for Penrith. They've got to deliver. They've recruited Have well. To. Finals is They've a got, uh, I think, well, they've got four of their first six games at home. They finish off with the Eels at home in round 25. The Stars have aligned. I think their draw is pretty friendly. They got by. They're by at a good time. Uh, yeah, looking at them, they and then they kick off against the Roosters round one. Like, what what better time to get the Roosters? They're going to be coming back from the UK. Yeah, traditionally the Premiers start a little bit sluggish. Um, yeah. Good good time to make a statement. So. Um, yeah, I, I like the um, I like the Panthers. I think they'll make the eight. I've got them finishing seventh. The one I've completely brushed past and forgot about, but I had enough of rants last year, was James Maloney. A lot of people have carried on. That's a huge loss. I think by the end, Maloney... He wanted to go. ...was gone. He was busted. He could barely play. They didn't work together. They both played better without each other, him and Nath. I think yeah. Burton and Luai better complement playing with one of those two on their own. And I also think... As I said, like that Raiders game where someone said, oh, he was the man of the match. It's like he let four tries in before he set two up. I think he contributed as much good as he did bad in the back end. It was the time to go to England for him. Physically, he just... He was such a tough bastard, a hell of a player, but it was the right time to go. Yeah. 
So I think Cleary steps up this year. I think if the forwards do their job and some of the youth and Burton comes in, the nines, I just think they've got better all around the park. Their attack should be a lot better. A real threat from nine, a genuine halves partner. And if you want some real X factor, I, I, I don't know if they'll do it. I think they like Edwards and Aikens too much, but I think they need a ball player at the back. And to me, it's Luai. I think they can plug all those holes and be very dangerous. Kikiao is a freak when he's on as well. Like they, they've got options all around the park there, I think, that are dynamic enough to damage you from all different spots. And if they can be creative in all the spine spots this year and a little more resilient, which I'm sure they will be, uh, I'm with you. I've got them finishing seventh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to some games early in the year and hopefully they, they start well. Yeah. I really, really do hope that they start well. And the other thing, again, I, I talk about it, and this is half reason you come up with some of these. Who's playing Origin besides maybe Nath? So if they get to that period and they're untouched, again, we talk about it all the time. It, it has less of an effect than what it used to. But if you have no players in there and you play any teams around that period of time, you can jag a couple of wins that bank you a final spot. If they can start positive and they get to that period, Catewell was talked about for Queensland. Other than that, I'm looking here, there's no one I'm really going, he's a chance or he's a shoe and he's really pushing. I think Nace really the only one that's looking at getting into any setup. And they might go with Pierce, Keary or somebody else, you don't know. So, could be could be a good year if you're a Panther fan. Let's hope. The odds for them, uh, I didn't write those down either. Great. I'm going great guns here. Uh, what was that one? Panthers. Top eight is a dollar ninety for the Panthers, and then four dollars to make the top four. So they're not really favoured in that situation. As far as missing the top eight with the bookies, they're a dollar eighty five. Uh, as far as getting the wooden spoon, couldn't see that one happening. But stranger things happen. The Panthers, they're $15 to win the competition. The Penrith Panthers are $21, grouped in there with Newcastle and a few other sides. The over-under Brock is 11 I've gone over, obviously, over. to be in the finals. Let's see how that one works out. They're one of those teams, again, that I could take or leave. If things go wrong, they're one of those ones that I look at, Sharks, Broncos, Knights, and go, I could see those sides being in, but... Dragons next up, 15th last year, 12th in attack. Defensively, they'll 15th, 8 and 16. It was drama from the word go. Gareth Woodock signs a new deal, wants out of it before the new season even kicks off. He's injured. Norman gets injured for a bit. Graham's injured. Frizzell, all these kind of guys miss time. They lose a couple. The pressure's on. They win four in a row. Things quieten down. Then Origin hits again, and it's all downhill from there. And obviously, we know the Jack DeBellin situation was a dark cloud, and doesn't look like it's going to be resolved this year. I think the way they're talking about the court cast being pushed back, he's definitely not going to even play a game this year. So they don't have him again. Less of a cloud this year, seeing as though it's sort of been known. But as far as gains and losses, Tyrell Fuyamano and Isaac Luke come over. Luke probably turns out to be handy now that they've already lost Cam McInnes for 8 to 12 weeks. But other than that, they've only upgraded internally. Eddie Black is a young prop. I don't think he's really ready to go. Jackson forward's safe. Saab's young, Willie Army's back from England, but they've really not really upgraded their squad. Losses, though. Obviously, Gaz went up huge. Robson was the best young nine. Blocked by McInnes, he's gone. Masters, brother. Jai Field, all good. Maranta, uh, Nichols, Pat Cafusi, Lachlan, Tim, Lattimore. There's a lot of dead wood there, if I'm being completely honest, that they've cleared out, but it's just that they're so top-heavy on salary cap, they could make a lot of moves. So they've just upgraded internally on that. As far as development players, they had a good Steelers side who won the 18s. The Figai twins, Matt and Max, Australian schoolboys, 20s players, New South Wales. They're not playing first grade this year, but they're coming through. 
Adam Clune is a late bloomer in the halves. Jaden Sullivan, the 18-year-old half that was in that side. Again, not an area they need. What they realistically need, we've talked about this time and time again, is a better bench rotation. And their back line to be more reliable. But for the time being, I'm not sold on Aiken or Lafayette. Their best game's good, but way too inconsistent. I think their most consistent winger was Pereira, and he hurt his neck last year. I think he's the first one I pencil in this year. Ravalawa, why powerful, makes errors. Uh, you know, on the flip of that, Sailor, does he play wing? Does he play fullback? Does he play centre? I think he's solid. I don't think he's great. Saab, he's only 19. He's a good jumper, but he's got a lot to learn. Willie Army's back from England. Dufty's out of the mix there. I think they reached for Lomax, to be honest. I like Lomax, but nothing in his game last year, and he never, didn't have any standout games, convinced me that he deserved a five-year deal, reportedly around $3 million and a guarantee to play fullback. I thought, looking at the charity... He couldn't even sh- make the side last year. He was in and out at centre winger, all sorts of That's spots. That's what I'm saying. So he couldn't narrow down a spot last year. I, I get when clubs feel pressure, because they said Cameron Newcastle, a lot of teams are hanging around, but I think they panicked and paid well over. I, yeah. hope, I hope he turns out to be as good as everyone's got a rap on him. But that's the thing. Reputations mean so much when you play 18s, 20s. He's now had two pre-seasons in first grade. It's time to deliver. Look, I see more of the same from the Dragons. And right? I do too. The, the, the best part about their side, we know, it's the forward pack. You've got Vaughan, Frizzell, Sims who are going to carry it. I think James Graham's well past it. McInnes being gone hurts. Laurie probably gets a run there. Merrin might come back and have a point to prove, but I don't think he's going to be the same. Corbin Sims, injury prone. Kerr's been two years out of the storm system, still yet to see a whole lot. And then the depth there, again, Blacker, Toriel, Fumano, Host. Like, there's a lot of guys there that have been two or three years there and you just don't see much. I, I see them maybe winning some games early on or competing, but once Origin comes again or they get any injuries, I see the same problems. There's a lack of depth. Those forward pack, those few big names in the forward pack are relied on too heavily. And Ben Hunt and Corey Norman have got massive contracts and a lot of pressure on them, but can they deliver? Hunt's time there has been up and down. First year was okay. Last year was quite disappointing. Corey Norman, to his exact own words, said he's been shit for the last two years. Needs a big year this season. I think Flanagan breathing down the neck of McGregor, even though he can't coach technically next year. I think McGregor's the same as Kearney if things go wrong. Yeah, he's under pressure. He's gone. Defensively, they looked a lot better the other night, and I can definitely say that that's going to have a lot more to do with Shane Flanagan. Attack coach changed over, but I just don't know if they had the troops. And there's a lot of guys here that need to prove a point this year, so I hope they do, but... Lafayette, Aiken, Pereira, now he's got that deal. Oh, sorry, Lomax, now he's got that deal. Um, the halves, James Graham, I, th- I thought, needed to retire, to be honest, and they needed to get out in the market, but their salary cap strung. They couldn't really get anyone in, and I, I don't see a lot changing. I think they're going to miss the eight. More of the same, they'll I miss the eight. I've got them finished 14th. For the old uh, Dragons fans there, but I've got them finishing 12th, um, and I think Origin's the killer again once those players go out. So... Dragons fans, Premiership, $26, minor, $26, top four, seven, top eight, two, seventy for the spoon, $9 to miss, $1.45. The over-under is 10.5. I went 10, so I went under. Yeah, I'll go under. Hopefully, I'd really like to see Ben Hunt and Norman play to their potential. And the, the other thing I heard the <laughs> other day... Too much about the Dragons. Yeah, but someone said the other day no as well, more. they need to build a combination. They they were with a pairing together in the 20s and the setup up there. They shouldn't need to build a combination. They should already know how to play with each other. They've had all fucking pre-season to so, build a combination. Yeah. The Sydney Roosters, the premiers from last year, they finished second. They were second in attack, second defensively, 17-7. and seven. Mate, this team cruised last year. They had spine changes constantly. They had injuries. Jake Fred only played a handful of games. Kiri was in and out. 
Cronk missed some games. They went to the rep period. They rested players. They developed a bunch of kids around them, and they came out back-to-back premiers. Trent Robertson, hell of a coach, hell of a team. Huge losses in Cooper Cronk, Latrell Mitchell, Zane Tedovano. But a big gain, in my eyes, in Flanagan, who's one of the best young halves coming into that setup to be coached by Robinson, coached by Cronk, who's still there, and Kiri. He couldn't be landed in a better situation, and I think the Sharks are going to regret this one. Development players, Moretti, Fafita, uh, Christian, Tulipoto. I don't think those guys are going to feature a lot, but for them starting the season, I think the big one is the back line. They obviously lost Latrell. Billy Smith was a ready-made replacement. Very good kid they have in their own system. Does his ACL. They don't have a great amount of depth in centre, but in saying that, uh, Angus Crichton was rugby union centre. Definitely mobile enough to play there. Orbison can plug that hole. They've got ways around it. They've got Tedesco, Kiri, Friend and Verrill still along with Flanagan. I still think it's probably the best spine in the comp. The forward pack, Rhea Hargraves, Tokiaho, Cordner. If it's Crichton, it's not Orbison. It's Liu. It's Nat Butcher. It's Radley. It's Satili Tupanua. They've built depth in that position. His brother Egan's good. Fletcher Baker's a young gun. Lindsay Collins, Famasuli's played some games. Halves depth. Lamb, Hutchinson played a game here or there. Uh, back line, like we said, Ikevali played some games. Hall's going to be there. They're not done. They've got two or three spots left in their squad. They're still after Josh Morris. The way it sounded today by Trent Robinson, he's going to be getting him at some stage or they're still confident they can get him over. I think this is still the team to beat. Yeah, I don't. I really do. I don't. I think they've slid a little bit. Tedovano, Kronk, massive loss. Huge loss. Uh, and Latrell Mitchell, obviously, huge. So, uh, I've still got them top four. I've got them finishing third. I like what I saw from them in the World Club Challenge. They've won two comps in a row, three in a row. There's just would be an absolute rarity. So, I expect them to be right up there, but I just expect them to come back to the field slightly. But they're just going to win... They're similar to Melbourne. You just know what you're going to get from them. Yeah. They're good coach, they're good roster, they're consistent. But I just think finals time, there'll be teams you would think more motivated, and I just think that it'll have more firepower than them. You know, Canberra went mighty close. Like There, there was a few things in that game that um, if Canberra would have been able to execute, uh, could, have, could have easily won that grand final. So... Mm. The Roosters, to their credit, just defend and grind and are well-coached, etc. Yeah. But I think there'll be better teams at the back end of this year than what Canberra were at the back end of last year. And I'm not sure the Roosters are as strong. So, but that all remains to be seen. Yeah. They, they could they could easily, if Flanagan comes in and fires, they could easily win the comp. Yeah. And I think, again, like you said... The, the concern for me is probably that centre spot. It's the principles of what they are, though. You know, they're defensively strong, they're stubborn. They And are, even if they get Josh Morris to fill that spot. Like, yeah. yeah, They're better than anyone, though, is in regards to how they defend inside 20. Yeah, I know, but I, I felt those games last year that Troll wasn't even present. So I think, as a whole, they can easily make up but that for that speaks to the, the, uh, I don't the holistic think, nature of their roster. I don't think they can make up for Cronk, but I think Flanagan's as good a replacement as you could have got considering what's out there yeah. and potential. But if he reaches his potential. But I think they've got the best fullback. I think they've got close to the best six. They've got close to the best forward pack. They've got two really good nines. They've still got a good back line. I think Manu, more consistently, is the better centre than Latrell. So I still think they're good. Any injuries to the back line would hurt. Yeah, but you don't have both now. That's the I thing. don't get that. But I think they can definitely cover for it just being the team that they are. So uh, Tedesco, can he go better? Cover for it, but can he win a comp? Can he go better again? I still think there's room for improvement. Yeah, he can improve. But he's not going to have Kronk there. That's going to I be think this should be Kiri's big year. I think 
this is his season. Uh, I've got them finishing first, I think, again. So you think they'll be minor premiers or you think they'll win it? You think they'll win it? No, I've picked the winner yet. I think they can win the minor premiership again. I just look at them and maybe Parabin, the two that I look at thinking during the season. The opposite thing for them is they're going to be heavily origin effect, but they just still seem to find ways with the squad depth to win games. Mm. But I think they're a top four That's why side. I've got Melbourne, because I have Smith and the majority of those so, guys there. So. I've stuck right, with the Roosters. What's the, uh, what are the odds? But, yeah. Premiership, they're the favourite, and the minor, $4 for both of those. Top four, $1.50. Top eight, they're $1.06. To miss the eight, they're $8. Uh, spoon, 251 The over-under, 15 I'm going over just. They won 17 last year. Five. If they're going to be top four, they're going to have to win 15, 16 games. 15, still a pretty good haul. 15, yeah, I'll say they'll, I reckon they'll win 16, so I'll say over just. And that's what I have, 16. 16 and 8. Sounds about right. Somewhere around that. Last team, Tigers, ninth last year. Ninth in attack, 10th defensively, 11 and 13. They were tough, but there just wasn't enough in the squad. Anytime they had a critical game where it was, this is going to pull them to the 8, they just seemed to not be able to get the job done. Uh, end of the year, it was all up to them. It was their own backyard. Leichhardt stacked house against the Sharks, and same deal. Couldn't get it done. Just couldn't get the job done. Uh, as far as losses, Robbie Farris probably going to be a big loss, just considering they don't have a nine. Uh, they got Madalino to medically retire. Rocco moved on. Fanua, Isar Masters left. Madison, probably the biggest loss of all. As far as what's coming to replace those players, Joey Leilua on his day came in, absolute gun, but rocks and diamonds. Luciano, I'm not sold on. Uh, I just think he's not fit enough. I think he's someone you can target defensively. He needs to improve. Dewey, a good signing, but did they go a bit too price heavy? And then they're talking now he may not be the fullback. They don't know how they're going to use him. He might come off the bench. Uh, Billy Walters. Potential to play nine. Zane Musgrove is now off a charge, so he's able to play. I don't think they've got better. Uh, I think they've got a few guys in there that can help them, but I think they're pretty much same-same. I think Madison is a massive loss. Is the fullback going to be Thompson? Does he go with Dewey? And by again, they were talking about playing him at nine. Now they're saying he's going to play centre again. Um, I think Nofaluma, Corey Thompson, are you locked in wingers if Dewey's your fullback? I'm not really sold on... The centres, Joey, like I said, on his best day can be great. On his worst day can be terrible. Him and Luciano on the same edge together could be great. Could be absolutely burn the house down. The halves. I think Brooks was good again last year, fairly underrated. Benji going around again is solid. But do they have a lot of cover? Like Reynolds is now cleared, but he's been you know in and out of injuries for the last couple of years. Is he going to be good to go? Is Jock Madden ready to step up if he gets the opportunity? Is Reynolds going to play nine? Is Walters going to hold that spot? Is Little going to be healthy enough? I just think there's a lot questions. of questions. Look, I think they'll start well because they'll be fit as hell. Yeah. And um, but looking at the back end of their year, they've got a tough draw. And then the Ford pack, they like. Well, they run into the Storm, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Knights. That's all in around a, in Origin a four time. Four-week stretch. You know, it's it's tough, man. It probably helps them though. What rounds are they? Because Origin affected Storm, Rabbits, Roosters, Origin Knights, affected 16, from, 17, 18, 19. So they're Origin affected rounds. So they might be getting them at an okay yeah, time. Maybe. But I just look at the forward pack. That's the main point I was going to get to. I like Twole, but I'm not huge on McKayley. Uh, I think he's hot and cold as well. I don't know if he's you know my cup of tea. Garner's a solid back rower, but he's not exceptional. I don't know if Luciano is going to hold the spot. LIA is probably my favourite forward of theirs in Twole, to be honest. Musgrove, does Packer get a look in? Do they want him there? Like, there's a question on him. That's a big contract. Eisenhuth, just solid. McQueen's passed it. Safar, Sam McIntyre, both young guys. Cheekham's handy, but they 
you know, does he start? Does he play off the bench? Do they use him in the back line colour? Elijah Taylor, Oliver Clark. Yeah, and then the back line options, like Talao's good, Momorovki's solid. It's just a lot of okay. I look at them and they're like a another one to me that I just look at and go, on, on their day, they can beat somebody. Mm. They could they could be top eight. They Maguire's a nutcase, a defensive Nazi. They're going to come after teams and try and bash them and defend and grind their way out, but... They're one of these ones I look at and go, they're going to lose a couple they really need to win. They're going to have a style of play. Don't worry about that. Oh, yes. I just don't think there's enough there. I don't think they've improved enough. I think they're going to be pretty much the curse that they've had the last few years. They always keep finishing ninth. I've got them down at 13th. Uh, I reckon they'll win, you know. I've got them finishing 12th. They, they could win enough to get in, but I can't see them being any higher than 7th or 8th. But I could see them winning 9 or 10 games and just being nuisance value. But, yeah, they need... Similarly, to get on the market, they tried to do so. They couldn't land really anyone they really tried for. In the end, they settled for Joey and Luciano. Does that turn out good? I don't know. But as far as what went out the door with what they tried to bring in, I any of the real big names they tried for, they didn't succeed with, unfortunately. They did sign a couple of good young kids that they're trying to push through, in particular Jake Simpkin from Queensland, a hooker. They're hoping he'll develop because that's obviously an area of need moving forward. Benji's heir apparent's going to need to step up very, very soon. Reynolds has got to justify something this year if he's healthy. Jock Madden needs to step up. Uh, and Bynes needs to justify his deal. But I, I still think mainly the forward rotation. I just think later in the year, especially some of those top eight sides, they're just going to beat them up the middle. So, yeah. Sorry for the Tigers fans out there, but not in my eight, not in Brock's eight. For a premiership, $26. Minor premiership, $26. Top four seven, top eight three twenty five to miss a dollar thirty three for the spoon. They're eight dollars over under nine and a half. I went bang on nine, so I said under. They'll probably win ten nine or eleven to be half. honest. Uh, what is it? Nine and a half. Yeah, they'll probably win ten or they won ten eleven last year. I reckon they'll be pretty similar. I'll say they win nine. I'll say oh nine ten. Jeez, that's a hard one. What do you reckon? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say nine, I'll say under. Under it is. And there you go. That's all our overs and unders, and that's our ladders. Brock, can you run us through 1 to 16, what you finished up with? Yep. Uh, Storm, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Knights is my top four. Eels, Raiders, Panthers, Broncos is my top eight. Cowboys, Sharks, Manly, Tigers, Dogs, Dragons, Titans, Warriors, all to miss the eight. Yeah, I've got the Roosters, the Eels, the Raiders and the Storm as the top four. I've got the Cowboys, South, Panthers and Manly as five to eight. Sharks, ninth. Broncos, tenth. Knights, eleventh. Dragons, twelfth. Tigers, thirteenth. Dogs, fourteenth. Warriors and the Titans, fifteenth and last. Like I said, the real ones that bother me. Uh, from 5 down to 11. I think Newcastle, Broncos, Sharks could all bite me on the ass and push out Manly, Panthers or South. But there's a glut like last year. There's 11 or 12 teams. I think there's three or four standouts, but I think there's seven or eight that are going to be wrestling for those spots. Um, your premiers, Brock? Uh, South Sydney. South Sydney Rabbitohs, Wayne Bennett in what should be final season. I think they've supposedly announced now, haven't they? Yeah. That yeah. Demetrio uh, will take no, in that job or the year, year after? Next year and the next so year. So potentially getting a premiership in his 70s, isn't he? Yeah, he's in his 70s, a big dog. Wow. Your minor premier, bro. Storm. Storm for that one. Who have you got winning the spoon? You had the Warriors, didn't the you? The Warriors. You've got the New Zealand Warriors. Who is your slider? Manly. Manly to slide out. Your improver for the year? Penrith. The Penny, 
Panthers. And who is your dark horse? The Knights. Newcastle. You have a top try scorer. Campbell Graham. Campbell. G and a point scorer. Cleary. If you had to pick a Dalian medalist right now. Mitchell Pearce. You're going picky. And your hundred dollar sure bet for the year. Rabbitohs over twelve and a half. And I've submitted I did this last year. Remember I, I had my what did I have last year? I had um, Roosters top four into Tigers to miss the eight. I did it as a builder bet. Mm-hmm. Or someone actually listened to the podcast, submitted it, but and I had I had a thousand bucks on it. And we were riding that home because it was $2.50 or something. So we were riding that home and hedging at the paceway because we are watching that game between, um, who was it? Uh, the Tigers and the Sharks were cheering Cronulla on and hedging. So um, this year I've submitted a builder bet and my builder bet is uh, it was the Rabbitohs and the Storm to combine for more than 27 and a half wins. I think you'll get that. Because if they're both in the eight, they're going to win 13, 14. So, your worst case scenario is Because I'm looking at their overs, right? Their over-unders is 14 and a half and 12 and a half. So, that's 27. So, I've said that I want them both over. If it's $1.90 by $1.90, should get about $4 odds for that. So, that's the builder bet that I want to have. Uh, so, I, want to, I just want to be on record for that. Um, and then, if people collect with that later on in the year, I think Melbourne will win 16 games. Easy. And then if South get in the eight, they're going to have to win 12. So there's your there's your bet. You're not saying anything, mate. You're just you. staring at the screen. I'm mate. with you. I'm going to take a page out of your book. Like you said, it's always easy to pick the same premier. If you really want to know what I think, I think the Roosters. But for the sake of like... The Roosters you, aren't winning three in a row. Go, I know. But if you're asking me honestly, I still think they've got the best side. Um... I'm going to go to the Eels. I'm going to be that guy. They'll probably get the wooden spoon. I'll put the mockers on them. You picked them for the spoon last year. Premiers Premiers. You keep telling me I'm boring and I pick the same thing. So I'm going to throw one out there. I'm throwing a big... Why not Melbourne? Why can't Melbourne win it? They don't have a half. And I'm not sold in the centres. I don't know. I'm just doing something different. I always pick Melbourne and I always pick Roosters. So this year I'm just going to throw an absolute curly out there. I've lost my mind. People are going to stop listening. They're going to go, Lewis has gone mad. Something's wrong with him. You're probably right. It is 11 o'clock at night though. Mine is I'm going to go to the Roosters. The Spoon, I've got the Titans. My slider is the Sharks because they're going to be falling out of finals contention. Uh, my big improver is obviously the Cowboys. The Dark Horse, I I can't really say the Eels are a Dark Horse because everyone's on board with that. Could, could you say the Storm are a Dark Horse? You can't. I'd say the Eels are more of a Dark Horse than the Storm. Well, looking at who I've put in the eight. If it's probably s- got to be someone outside who you think the It'd have four. to be someone like the Cowboys, really. I don't know if they're a dark horse, though. Panthers, Souths, Manly. Ah, fuck it. I'll say the Cowboys just because I've got them outside my top four. you got four. the Cowboys twice. Improve round dark, dark horse. horse. Yeah. If things go right. Point scorer, I'm going to go Moses. He's your goal kicker. He should score some tries if they're going to have a good year. Top try scorer is an interesting one. I was going to say Daniel Tupo, but he no longer has Latrell Mitchell next to him. So whoever's plugging that gap, it's not going to be probably as clear cut as far as who's going to be passing him the football. Mm. Ken Marmolo's right up in the odds here and he's probably not going to get a whole lot of appeal to be honest I'm going to go a random one I think he's going to see plenty I'm going to go Brian Tyler what price 41 bucks yeah. that's right out there I think you're more likely to get a Sevo or a Ferguson or one of those guys maybe Fox at O'Carr he'll be right up there he's the favourite with Sevo at $9 but for a bit of value 
Dallium, I had the same pick <coughs> last year. I'm going to go there again. I'm going to go Kiri if he doesn't get knocked out. Yeah, I went Cook last year. I looked at Cook. I, I just think Pierce. My $100 sure bet, I'm going to follow your ilk. I might as well just keep going the Parramatta thing because I'm there. There's his 12 and a half wins. If I'm having them up the top over. four, they're going to have to go over. So that will be my sure bet for this season. And uh, yeah, That's you, us. There you go. Top eight's confirmed. Ladders, Wooden Spooner, all our kind of prediction there. Some overs and unders if you like to have a better over listen at some of those. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for round one. Back to stock standard. Have a look. Do some tips. Uh, a lot of people have hit me up about super coaches and tipping comps. I'll try and open a couple of things like I have the past few years so the fifth and last fans can all get together Yeah. and enjoy some of those platforms. I'll be putting some posts up as well, a bit more content for everyone there. We'll get your predictions on each team. We'll put up where you think they're going to finish this year, best players, etc. what you're expecting from each team leading into the comp. And uh, as far as us moving forward, Brock, this year, uh, Penrith Soul Centre, back on board. Yeah. Major sponsor. Uh, the Pro Sports Syndicate, no longer on board, but we thank them for the last couple of years. To Matt and the boys there, they've been absolutely outstanding in their support for the show. So if you're looking for any of the betting packages there, make sure go have a look with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Had a big year with the college stuff, NRL this year. Hopefully, a big season for the boys. And uh, Matty, a bit of a freak with the cricket. So I don't know if we have any cricket fans out there, but he gets his head on the TV sometimes with some of the trading he does in the cricket. Uh, and anyone else out there, we're, we're on short notice, obviously. But if you're interested in coming on board, being a supporter or a sponsor for the show, get in contact with us. Messages on the page. More than happy to plug people and see if it works out for you like it has a few people. The only one I miss, you know what I miss? A betting sponsor. After all, the rules of online betting kind of ruined that. I used to love having betting sponsors. Mm. But love a punt. Hopefully we can get some wins for the punters this year, bro. Yeah, hopefully. But there you go. We've completely lost our minds. Right, I'll end it. I want to go home. Hopefully it's a good year. 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. Can't say we don't do it for you. We're back for this season. Like us, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, share us with your friends. But for now, enjoy your week, and soon we will be watching Rugby League. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.